Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source. for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Easter, everybody. Another Sunday in the studio. No holiday time for us, Mr. JP. No, uh, uh, no. <laughs> we don't have family to speak of anyway, so, uh, That's true. I, uh, threw some eggs at JP this morning and we called it a holiday. See, I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, you know, everybody I know can't do anything because they're all hanging out with their family, and I said, uh, well, why not just, uh, alienate yourself from them like I did? Yeah, exactly. And everything will be alright. Stop being a, a bunch of pussies. Yeah. And just leave the family at home like Kevin Pratt did today. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, welcome to Competition Show Part 2, everybody, and we're hanging out. We got Dr. Scott back in the studio with us this week, so he's gonna be hanging out. As you know, the first competition, uh, part of the show that we did, uh, was is getting you to uh, brew your beers correctly and uh, a bunch of tips and pointers. We did a couple of tastings on the air. And today's show, we've had a bunch of listeners send us in beers. And I think we ended up with uh, over 25 beers to, to taste. Wow. Which, um, you know, it's probably just not going to happen. No. <laughs> no. How close is the hotel? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we're going to get as many done as we possibly can, I will tell you that. And we're going to do some official judging. We have at least one... One full flight of beers that we'll be uh, tasting so that you can see um, what happens as it happens uh, behind the scenes at a competition. So we'll be doing some official judging for that. Jamil Zainashev just walking in the studio. He's going to help us out today. Kevin Pratt is back with us. Uh, he did the BJCP show a while back. So thanks for coming in again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then we've got Brent from 
the Inland Inland Empire Homebrew Club. Is that the official name of the club? Shout out to the Inland Empire. There you go. I bet. <laughs> He's hanging out with us today. And if you remember, we actually uh, helped uh, sponsor that competition they did last year. It is the, what's the official name of the competition that you guys do, Brent? We're doing the 20th Annual Southern California Regional Homebrew Championship. That's what it is. And oh, we yeah. had a great time. In fact, it was the first competition that Daniela and I ever entered. You guys sent me a nice certificate. Thanks very much. Fuckers. And uh, Daniela got <laughs> a little herself, sore. Uh, a little sore there, buddy. <laughs> Daniela got herself a nice uh, silver medal. So that was cool. And we're probably going to be doing uh, the same thing uh, with the competition this year, uh, encouraging BNers to enter that. So I'll get you more information about that. Is that what we are now? A little bit later. BNers? BNers. The listeners are. It's the BN Army out there, Doc. I got some cool BN Army stuff for the listeners coming up soon. Okay. Did I show you the, any of the logos yet? No. Uh, we got a listener out there, a very talented guy, uh, brains tasty in the form. Good dude. He's been working on some drawings for us. Uh, I'll show it to you after the show. Oh, cool. Top secret stuff. Oh. But uh, I'll be coming out in shirts and apparel uh, at a brewingnetwork.com store near you. Um, so today, uh, Doc, we're doing the judging part of the show, and even though you're not BJCP certified, I think you have enough props to be an official judge in today's show. I was wondering if you could have me do that. Yeah, you will be on the panel along with Brent and along with Kevin and Jamil Zanishev. So we're going to be doing that a little bit later. Get your palates ready. In the meantime, uh, are you drinking the Icebach or Doppelbach? No, Doppelbach. We're still drinking the... I haven't... I know it's amazing, everybody. I've not finished the keg of Doppelbach. I'm amazed. And I have been binge drinking lately, (laughs) but I've not been drinking the good stuff. Well, I think, you know, you don't have it on the kegerator. You have to go all the way out to the back. You're absolutely right. Open the chest freezer and pull out the... the picnic cup. And, and that was my, that was the method of my madness. Yeah. I, I knew if I put it out back, I'll do a little better at keeping it around. I'm surprised. Yeah. So, and, uh, Doc and I have been playing phone tag for a couple of days. I did need to speak to you about today's show, Doc. But you didn't try too hard. Well, I tried <laughs> before I went on a two-day drinking two binge. Two little bender. And so I've just been out of it and drunk, and, and it's been some crazy stuff around here the last couple of days. The, the one first message I got from you was it was Friday. Yeah, can you what? call me back in half an hour? I need to talk about the show. And wonder what you're doing tonight. I mean, oh, boy. <laughs> well, And, and yeah. I didn't talk to you for two days, and now I'm finding out that you just come to surface again yeah, after two days. Yeah, I, I really was... It was dead to the world. That could have been me too. I was supposed to go to a birthday party last night, and I did. I just bailed on the whole thing. I just, I've pretty much been drunk for two days. Did you pull a, a California? I did. Oh yeah. Now I was going to show up late, but at that point I was too drunk to drive, and Bart didn't get anywhere near where they were, so I sort of half Californiaed them. Uh. But. uh yeah, so anyway, I'm glad you're here, Doc. I guess we're just going to wing some of these things now. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll figure it all out. And I'm glad that you gave me this outline. Oh, wait. I don't <laughs> have one of those either. You don't need that. You don't ever read it when I give it to you anyway. Yeah, I do. I peruse it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During the show when I should be listening to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. i got to read something. <laughs> happy Easter, Jay-Z. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Yeah? I'm uh, happy that you ditched the family to come hang out with us. He's all full of turkey ha- and ham and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I left the kids basket of eggs in their hands. And nice. Where are you going, Daddy? <laughs> Beer. Yeah. Okay. I got the, what, okay, what you're doing a show today? But it's Easter. What do you care? You're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not everyone celebrates Easter. I today. love it. Doctor's wife. What do you care, Jew? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, come on. Well, I didn't think you'd be doing a shoot. 
show today. Well, did you have anything planned today? Well, no. <laughs> All right. Don't you have stars to sew in your clothing? Get out of here. Somebody else said that to me, too. Like, how can you doing a show on, a, on the Easter holiday? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't even know what you do on Easter anymore. And, and, you know, most people don't listen on Easter Sunday or on Sunday period. They, yeah. they podcast it. Exactly. So there's no holiday. And by I the told time my wife, you know, people get kind of ugly when we don't do a show. Yeah. It's okay. weird, uh, you know, always being on, like, um, you know, people say, "Oh, like in the service industry at Starbucks, right? We, you know, we we were never allowed to really say Happy Easter or Merry Christmas to people in case they were, yeah, you, you know, say Happy Holidays or something, yeah, right? some crap like yeah. that." But uh, I'm a Greek Orthodox, so my Easter is not now; it's some point later, like in a couple of weeks. What? Yeah, I think that's the only thing Orthodox about you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. So your Jesus didn't disappear on the same day that no my Jesus different calendar, did? I guess. Is yeah. that right? And uh, so it's weird because everyone goes, "Oh, Happy Easter!" And I go, "It's." I didn't even know it was Easter. Not even though I mean, not I don't even have family around to to actually celebrate it with. But even if I did, I would have no clue. Or friends. It's weird. Yeah, or friends. That is weird. It's weird, kind of being the opposite. Uh, you know. And no, I don't get offended by it. So everyone who's sensitive, when I say Merry Christmas and they're Jew, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. I get an email from uh, Jay-Z earlier today. He's like, listen, I'm going to be a little late. Grandma's in town. I have to find a way to get rid of Grandma. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, don't worry. I don't want you to like give your grandma sleeping pills Bring or something her. so you can come do the show. You dump her between here and you <laughs> oh, it's know, okay. Sacramento. It's, it's actually uh, my wife's uh, mother. So. Oh, so it doesn't it's matter. mother-in-law. It's oh, the kid's yeah. grandma. So. Then it was more of a please get me out of here email than it was a, I might yeah. be late. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let her get too tanked up so you can't get her out the door. <laughs> yeah. Dad, grandma's tanked again on your homebrew. <laughs> I don't know why I, I celebrate Easter with you guys. You know. yeah. I hate you all. And your father doesn't touch me anymore. <laughs> I love family greet meetings like yeah. that where shit just hits the fan out of nowhere. Your oh, father man. doesn't touch me anymore. You guys have that last holiday gathering I had. Your brother was, does. Was ridiculous. Your does. <laughs> it just gets ugly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get on with things. I kind of lost my voice on Friday, so bear with me, everybody. I did a lot of screaming and yelling. It was... Uh, Why? At who and why? Did you get At drunk? himself. He was alone. Yeah, he was alone again. Trying to, trying to pleasure himself. I have a feeling you... Uh, a lot of yelling. You got crying. drunk and wandered into the studio and started yelling at Thug Bitch over there. I was yelling at Thug Bitch. Why did you go away? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that uh, I live with a bunch of douchebags, and Daniela sort of acted as a buffer between me and them, helped out around the house. <laughs> the douche buffer. Uh, yeah, she was a douche buffer, and I could deal with it a little better, and now that she's gone, yeah. I don't deal well. Uh-oh. And I was hammered. I come home Friday. Friday night, and I'm hammered, and all I wanted was some cheese and some salami. That's all. That's all I wanted in life. Like yeah. I didn't care about anything else. And I and go that's... in, and someone had left my cheese out, and it went from being like good cheddar to some sort of blue cheese, <laughs> and I just snapped. And I like kicked the refrigerator, and I took all of the stuff that was in the refrigerator. I just and I throwing it out over my shoulder off the kitchen floor. Oh, wow! Because there's a bunch of uh, food in there from like 2005 yeah. from these lazy asses who can't. You know, they like put you know their Chinese food leftovers that they fully intend to eat tomorrow. Right. Like they were there from 2005, and I'm just throwing it all over, and I'm screaming, I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. Everyone's asleep except for me and like Chad. Uh, my one good roommate. Did you scare Chad? That's Chad, why he's not here today. Chad was a little scared. Like and there was silence except for my yelling about douchebag roommates and stuff. And so anyway, 
Maybe there's an apartment in your future. <laughs> I think there. I really single I gotta, bedroom. I got to get out of here. I really do. I can't take it anymore. Because it's hard too. Because we have guests every Sunday, and some of them, um, you know, not like you, bunch of retards. Uh, some of them are, are high caliber people, like Pete. Like Pete's <laughs> here last week, right? Doc, you missed out on Pete. Yeah. yeah. And. My house is a mess. Like, there's dishes all over, and it looks like I'm 17 years old, and I can't have that. Like, it just doesn't. It's well, not a try, good, uh, not uh, a good thing. cleaning. Just take them in the back You door. know what, JP? Don't start with me, because that makes me want to <laughs> stab you in the eye right now. When you got five idiots living here, and you only one of those idiots cleans anything, it's going to be a mess all the time. So I spend my Sunday afternoons before the show getting some cleaning done. Uh, anyway... See, I don't. Even, I shouldn't even. Yeah, have look started. at you. Now I'm yeah. like, oh, hot. Yeah, but their rooms wind up being great places to hide the trash. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> and it smells like that's what's happening out of their rooms too. I got one roommate. You open his door, and the whole house smells like feet. The whole Ugh. friggin' house is disgusting. Nice. I gotta get out of here, Doc. I'm fed up. I can't take it much we're, anymore. It's all pent up too. We're so, judging beer. And, open and, the door until Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the deal. I'm looking for a live workspace. That's what I want. I want studios downstairs, mattress upstairs, kegerator somewhere or another. Like Emeryville or something like that? Yeah, that's all I need. My thing is I just want a liquor store downstairs and an apartment upstairs. (laughs) Doc wants to live above a liquor store. He wants wants to be like a a Vietnamese immigrant or something like that. (laughs) I don't want to work the liquor store. (laughs) Oh, what a mess. All right, uh, how about an anniversary show update? Um, Working on something kind of cool for the anniversary show. If you haven't heard yet, it's on June 3rd. It's at the Bistro in Hayward. And I'm setting up kind of a competition, Doc, that's, that I think is going to be cool. I've not heard of one like this, uh, at least around here. It's going to be a homebrew versus craft brew competition. Ooh. So... Um, it, it's gonna be it, it's a it's gonna be a very small deal. I'm not gonna open up all categories of beer. We're not gonna have 50 judges there or anything like that. I'm, I'm keeping it small. Actually, I gotta ask Jay Z a bunch of questions about that. We're trying to keep it small. But what we're gonna do is have home brewers enter enter some beer, and I'm gonna go around to all the uh, craft brewer friends of the show around here, and they're gonna send some kegs over to the bistro for us. So it's gonna be kind of a beer festival this year too, okay. not just the anniversary party. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have the home brewers judge. The craft beer, and we're going to have the craft brewers judge the homebrew, but then we're going to do a best of show, and the best of show is all the beer combined. So how awesome would it be if a homebrew won best of show among like like I think uh, I'm going to try to get Vinny to send some beer down, and imagine being able to say you kicked Vinny's ass. So homebrew is going to have to put in a keg. Uh, no. I don't think I'm going to be able to do full kegs. I still got to talk to the bistro about that. You've got so much planned for this show. It's going to be a three-day party. You're scaring me. It's going to be quite the bender. And it's still on a Sunday. Like, I thought about moving it to a Saturday, but I kind of like the idea that it starts during the day and then it ends at a reasonable hour. It's a, a Sunday nooner. Yeah, yeah. So... Anyway, so that's, uh, I want you guys to, the reason I'm announcing that now is I want you to keep your ears peeled, maybe get some homebrews ready, because I'm going to figure out the best way to do that, and it's going to be the first homebrew versus craft brew uh, part of the festival. And if it works out well, and everyone likes it, if the craft brewers are into it too, then we'll expand it next year, and we'll maybe try to keep it going. Is this going to be sponsored by Gatorade this year? <laughs> well, why would it be sponsored by Gatorade? <laughs> or Powerade, I guess. It seems like we're going to need a lot of uh, some uh, fluids. Yeah, we are. I should, up, you know I'll get it mean? sponsored by Aquafina or, or something. Sponsored by uh, Pablo Escobar, then. I don't know. There you go. 
Another announcement, uh, the free FM show, I, I think I did mention this last week. It's now on Saturdays. We're now the pregame show to the Oakland A's. I posted a schedule in the forum. It's under Beer Radio. It says free FM broadcast schedule. And the start time is always within 15 minutes because now I start at like quarter after the hour or something. So if you need to know when that show is, if you happen to like it, uh, you can tune in online, 1069freefm.com. Check the schedule on our forum at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, you can send feedback to feedback at the Brewing Network and I haven't mentioned in a while everybody here has a Brewing Network email you can go jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com doc at thebrewingnetwork.com the only one who doesn't have one is JP and that's because we haven't decided if we like him yet or not um, that's true but you can get him JP at morebeer.com that's true you, you just get nasty replies via email so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Better, better not to email him in the first place yes uh, okay and then last announcement is uh, of all the beers that got shipped I got a lot of boxes of beer this week which is cool and everybody did pretty well following Following the guidelines, labeling them with the kind of beer in your name, except for one dude. I, I don't have his name. We'll talk about that later. But Thirsty Mallard, you sent us one beer, and it did not make transit. Oh, it didn't break. the The cap popped right off of it. Yeah, it was just the cap was laying at one part of the box, and the bottle was in there, and there was beer all over it. Um, did it smell good at least? It smelled pretty decent. A little cardboardy. Was it, was it so. actually in a? Garbage bags that didn't go all over the box? No, it was all over the box. And ah. He had put a note in there. It was all over the note and stuff. He, like he had written his recipe out and everything. So, uh, It's one happy beer to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only one Shots that didn't make it. Early. And, you know, we've talked about the shipping part. In fact, on the first competition show we did... Um, it didn't shatter. It didn't break. So everyone's doing a good job packing. Uh, like Doc said, it's not that big a deal. Just make sure it's not rattling around. Right. The only one that didn't make it is somehow the the pop just the, the cap. You just should always, always put it in a garbage bag. Uh, yeah. I even put them in my luggage once and checked my luggage, and oh. I got to where I was going, and my all my all my clothes smelled like beer because That's they weird. leaked all over the place. Oh man. Yeah, it's no good. That now the uh, a bottle cap popping off is that? You just didn't crimp it enough, or or what? You got any? Yeah, or super carbonated, or super carbonated, oh. or it got you know lost a little pressure, you know the pressure in the cabin wherever it was transferred. Ah, right. Because I've actually you know usually seen the glass break even if it's from pressure before I ever see the cap right pop right yeah. off. So I thought that was yeah, a little the bottles strange. Will shatter usually before the caps come off. Yeah. Somebody left us a homebrew at uh, B3, and the ca- their cap of choice is Old English 800. <laughs> and I loved it. It was an OE cap, which I thought was kind of... a screw top? <laughs> yeah, it should be, right? It was, I, yeah, I didn't even know that OE had a regular, uh, like a crown cap, but they do. So uh, anyway, uh, everybody else's beer got here. So if you sent me beer, we will be talking about it at some point today. How many is that? Uh, we got 25, <clears throat> but... Um, Zymergist, who rumor has it makes some some good beer. We'll find out. Uh, guy up in Portland, he uh, sent a shitload of beer. So everybody else sent like one or two bottles. So we'll make sure we get through theirs. We might not do every style of beer that he sent. Um, we'll do a couple of them, I think. Okay. So uh, I don't think you'll have a total of twenty five to taste. Brent went through it, so uh, you guys are going to be getting together at the break and, and figuring that out. All right. All right. So. That should work out just fine. All right, Doc, time for your uh, favorite part of the show. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. So feedback was interesting this week. Uh, I didn't get a lot of it. I'm glad you're here, Jamil, because a lot of the feedback we've been getting is about your show. 
Um, and it's about the move to Sundays, which we're doing again tonight. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But here, let me read you some other stuff. First, I got a couple of questions already that came through um, for this show. He says, hi, I won't be able to listen to the show on April 8th, so I wanted to email in a question. He says, it's a dangerous question, but what one style of beer, or maybe handful of styles of beer, are most likely to win in an all-or-nothing competition, such as the Sam Adams competition that they did, the long shot. Uh, he says, I love your show. It's a great blend of humor and information. That's from Aaron. Is there a style of beer that will do better or, or a cluster of styles than any other in an all-or-nothing comp? Generally, I'd say no, but um, you know, you, if, you, if you watch uh, Best of Shows enough, the in- interesting thing is something like an IPA hangs around for a long, long time. Uh, and I would say that, you know, that style of beer probably, you know, something, uh, I think the most common styles of beer tend to be the ones that, you know, the ones you find in a brew pub tend to be the ones that most judges tend to favor in the end. Okay. Not, not the really esoteric ones, because a lot of people just don't know them very well. Okay. Kevin, you want to add to that too? Bourbon Barrel Barley Wine. You think that's a good one for an all-out? If there's one of those on the panel, it almost always kills everything else. Is that right? That seems to... Well, they're trendy and they're tasty. Yeah. Yeah, they are right now. Anything bourbon barrel is a hot thing. Firkin Fest at Triple Rock yesterday had a lot of bourbon stuff in their Firkins. uh, In fact, uh, Matt Brindleton had, had some from Firestone there. Oh, man. About knock my socks off too. It was really strong. It was one of the hottest beers, uh, as far as fusel alcohols go, that I've ever had from him. I was like, wow, that's warm. But uh, okay, so you think that's one that just tends to stand out? And, it's, and it's one popular? that, yeah, it, well, it's the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room most of the time. But, but uh, the, uh, you know, I, I think uh, people are at least in the last few that that's been in there. <laughs> like the state we're starting to get tired of it. Yeah, we're starting to get tired of it. I think you can't, you, you just can't do it. It has to be a really well-made beer. If it's a really well-made beer, that's what you should focus on. Yeah. You know, whatever style you can really brew perfectly. And, and in, that's in this got area, the best that's chance. true. That's, yeah. it's more and more true. When, when Jamil and I are on the same best of show panel, we almost always tend to give weight to the harder to craft beers, the ones that are, that are really well-made, mm-hmm. but may not whack you over the head with flavor. Yeah. I'll uh, tell you, I thought it was, if you're talking about, um, you know, popular styles too, JC, you say if you find it at a brew pub, then then maybe that one would do well. I found it interesting that Old Ale won in the Sam Adams competition, because Old Ale is not something that you see uh, commercially available all over the place. It's kind of a of a style that, uh, I wouldn't even say it's getting a revival. Uh, I, I just mean that that's kind of a random style, something you don't find all over, right. and they still picked it because it was just a quality beer right. that they picked for that competition. Well, all right. not every judge on that panel thought so, but yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on to some other ones. Here's a question. Uh, it says, my question is about filtering. Uh, Doc, so maybe you could do this. Is it worth filtering your beer when entering it into a competition? Does it hurt the taste of the beer? What are the benefits and disadvantages? And I know somebody addressed this in the forum a little bit. Of yeah. course, it depends on the style. Um, it depends on a lot of things. It, de- uh, it depends on uh, how well you brewed it. What what it matters to look like. If it's supposed to be a clear beer, you want to try to get it clear. Uh, you can do a really good job with just using fining agents. Yeah. And if you got the time, that's a way to go. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'll filter things just uh, because I want a, a quick, quick, cleaner taste out of it. Uh, gets the yeast out of there. If you don't know what you're doing with filtering, yeah, you can hurt the flavor of your beer. Okay. 
So you can oxidize it real easy. You got to be careful of that. So you, you, if it's your first time filtering, you're putting it in a con- con- contest. I don't think you really ought to think about doing that. Oh, we've said that across the board. If it's your first time doing anything, don't make it your first time yeah, no. when you're entering competition. I, you got to know your system, and if that system happens to include filtering, you got to know what you're doing yeah. and how, how to work that one, and, and not just on one kind of beer. When you're filtering a light beer and you're filtering, say, a darker, more flavorful beer, yeah. you're gonna, there's going to be differences okay. in that one. Okay. So I think the gr- a great thing you said is that if the beer is supposed to be clean and if you haven't taken the time to do the finings, sure, you might want to filter that uh, one. Yeah, at that point, yeah, yeah, you'd probably be okay. If you just want to have a nice, clear beer because you like nice, clear, clean beer, go ahead and filter it. Uh, I, I bounce between filtering and uh, fining mm-hmm. generally. Uh, if you've got a lot of time, you can just let it sit cold, and it'll it'll drop out. It'll be okay. Clear itself right up. Okay. All right, let's see. What else do I have here? Ah, here we go. Let's get on to the Jamil Show stuff. So here's the thing with the Jamil Show. We have uh, unofficially moved the Jamil Show's time to after the Sunday show uh, twice a month. Is it twice a month? Once a month. Once a month, we do it after the Sunday show. And we sort of did it out of necessity. Jamil and I's schedule have both changed, and I often work Monday mornings, and uh, he always now uh, is, wor- is at work on Monday mornings. So uh, we kind of did it to keep the show going, not miss any episodes, and try to facilitate everything. And I've gotten a little bit of feedback on both ends of the, pers- uh, of the spectrum. Some people love the time slot, and some people don't. Um, some of that has to do with you, Doc. So I'm going to read you these things. What? All right? Yeah. I had feedback both good and bad about you on the show. And <laughs> feedback both good and bad about Jamil and John being a little loosey-goosey on the show, too. Because it comes after three hours of drinking during this show. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, here we go. He says, wow. Well, I haven't seen Jamil in a long time. It's kind of nice to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he says, wow, uh, just in time, I finally caught up with the show. And he's, he's talking about the Jamil show here. He says, I've been listening to the archives, and it just so happens that the week I catch up with the current shows, you guys do a double feature, and they're the two best shows yet. Both shows were more entertaining than usual and no less informative. Keep Doc. He was great. I think Doc took a lot of pressure off John. He says, John's good, too, but I think that he feels a little overshadowed by Jay-Z sometimes. He says, three people in the booth is always the way to go. I don't listen to the other shows, so I really don't get to hear Doc too much. I know he spends a lot of time on the air, as is, but I would really love it if you could squeeze one more hour out of him every two weeks. Keep up the good work. I'll keep listening no matter what. Next email that came through says, I just want to give you some feedback on the Jamil Show time. I like the spirit of of the nightly boozer version, but it's really more interesting to listen to. Uh, he says on Sunday morning, but I think he means Monday morning. Um, sober versions in terms of valuable information are better. I appreciate the information in the Sunday morning show. Um, I think that there is more of it. Uh, so I guess he's saying when it's on Monday mornings, he feels that there was more information. Maybe you could have a boozer show once in a while. Before I hand this off to Jamil, I do want to say uh, it was never our intention to have a boozer show <laughs> for the Jamil show. It wasn't something that we thought would be... just happens naturally. <laughs> it just so happened. The other thing is my two cents was that the show went went great like the first guy and I don't think that you guys got a, I I pay I pay a lot of attention and and Jamil wants me to be real strict about what he does and and how the show sounds and I do that as much as I possibly can and I felt that you guys stayed pretty well on topic even though we were all kind of having a good time I didn't feel like there was less information 
uh, I felt like it was definitely more lively because everyone had had a few beers. <laughs> I think that Doc stayed right on topic with everybody. Well, and, Jamil keeps us that way. Yeah. He keeps us right on topic and keeps us moving right in that same direction without getting off on tangents. Yes. And I guess just overall what I want, what I mean is that our focus for the Jamil show, and it always has been from planning right up to now. Has uh, been NPR. Has been, yeah, has, has been uh, keep, <laughs> keeping you off of sleeping pills and on the Jamil show is what we want to do. Now we know that it's an information show. That's the forte of the, of the topic and the program. And, and that's our intention no matter what time slot we put it. That being said, uh, we, we are going to work hard to, uh, make it sound like it hasn't changed just because the time slot has changed. Is that right, Jamil? Is that kind of our plan? That's the plan. I actually brought water with me today. You did? Okay. I'm going to try to drink water as hard as that is. So you're going to do all the judging and then drink water after that. And, and we don't, yes. you know, we didn't move the show because we felt it needed a kick in the rear either. It just happened with our schedule. So we're not trying to revamp anything. We're going to try to keep it as consistent as possible. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for those who don't like it, right now it has to stay on Sunday nights. So it was either yeah, this If, if you don't you... like it, send uh, $1,000 <laughs> per episode, too. <laughs> And, uh, and, at the and then we will uh, we'll have no we'll, problem we'll having the show any day you want. Yeah, you you name the day. So That's basically, a- it's either Sunday night or not at all. Yeah. That being said, lunch meet will be moving to Thursdays at two a.m. <laughs> yeah, we should have done that a long. Yeah, time more ago. people might listen yeah, to true. it then. It's true they might. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because there's a, a just was a, a bit of buzz in the feed. That's only two examples of the feedback I got. So. Uh, some people love you, some people don't, Doc. That's the bottom line. Hey, they all love me. It's not like, you know, you had two emails there, and it's not like 50% of the guys are on one and 50% of our listeners are on the other. Come on. No, but you're killing my bit here, because it sounds better if it's like <laughs> if I just read two of them, and that's what it seems like. Oh, you're <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> no, you're right. Everyone, uh, most people were pretty happy. They just were talking about the drunkenness, which Jamil has admitted that was more his uh, problem, his and John's problem, than it was Doc's. Doc was on topic. All right, here's another one. Uh, yo, great show. I've been hooked the past weeks. Um, did I want to read this email? I don't remember if I wanted to read it now. No, I don't want to read this email. He was just giving me ideas about putting all of our um, archives onto a DVD and selling that. And I hmm. might do I guess I could do that so people don't have to download every old episode. I don't know. I don't know why you'd pay me for a DVD when they're free online. You know? Is there any one episode that'll actually fit on one DVD? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'd have to put them as data files on a DVD, so that's true. Uh, yeah, but it's all free, so I don't know. Like, I guess I could be charging people for the service of putting it all in one place for them. I can do that. I don't know. I'll think about it. That, that's what that email was. So that'll cover that. All right, last thing. I did some news today, and there were some interesting things in the news, actually, uh, going on this week. J, uh, JP, you'll like this one. Uh, Will I? It doesn't have much to do with beer, although it did show up in the beer news segments of the stuff I look at. Sounds good to me so far. So you all know about the MySpace. You create your own page online, and you have friends that you talk to. It's pretty... It's, meet uh, some 20-year-olds. Yeah, you can meet young 20-year-olds. Sure. That's what JP... I yeah. think we have, Doesn't Lunchmeat have a MySpace page? Wow, look at you. You I acknowledge not only Lunchmeat, but that we but have the a MySpace, MySpace page. page. Yes. I don't think I've ever even seen that. I just No, you never it. have. Yeah. yeah, But we have one, right? We do have one. So this high school principal is suing four former students. Brent, you might like this story too, huh? He's suing four of his former students who allegedly posted parody profiles on MySpace saying that he smoked pot, 
kept beer at school, and liked having sex with his students. <laughs> and what good principal doesn't? In the lawsuit, Eric Trosh said that the three profiles created in December of 2005 on the social networking website damaged his reputation, humiliated him, and hurt his earning capacity. See, oh, this is the interesting thing yeah. about MySpace because you can just there's no there's there's scarcely a registration process. I mean, you just you could take pictures of anybody and say yeah, you get a lot of money out of sixteen year olds. They yeah. got deep pockets. I know he's going to do a lot to them. And uh, but I do kind of feel bad for the teacher because he's got these uh, obviously disgruntled students, and they just go create a profile for him, and nobody. You know, I guess you could assume that it's a, if you're reading the content, you're like, this can't be real, you know, if you're smart enough to figure that out. But it, it, I could go and make a doc, MySpace, right now, and he would be none the wiser. I could put anything right. I wanted. And that's an interesting thing about Somebody this would whole email me MySpace thing. Yeah, eventually. Uh, so the poor guy though, and, and I, and it wasn't just one profile. There were four different pages made it, <laughs> made about this guy. Nice. And they've caught three of the people that did it, but they didn't catch the fourth person. They well, how many people was. in high school actually like the principal, unless this guy's even the vice principal, which is even worse. Yeah, he was the he was the you know, yeah enforcer or, or the I've, narc. Yeah, I've had groups of students who always threaten the idea of MySpace on me because I'm anti MySpace for kids because of the whole you know Dateline episode thing with Chris Hansen, and uh, I, I didn't see that every single time. Ah. Brubaker, I'm going to make you a MySpace account. Oh, uh, yeah. If you do, you'll talk to my lawyer. And you will <laughs> not put me online without my words. Gosh, kids! <laughs> and it's funny because you could always do it before, but it was much more difficult. You had to know how to do some programming. You had to buy a web space. With MySpace, you don't. You sign up. All the programming's done for you. You just enter a bunch of fields of information, and there it is, man. And recently, so. they've been taking pictures just randomly. Yeah. I'll just see a flash go off, and they just start oh. laughing. I'm like, shit. There's a MySpace <laughs> account popping up right now. They've got your Damn. number. Ah, so I just thought it was We'll be photoshopping you, and you're going to be in trouble, buddy. What. <laughs> Wearing what dress, right? Or with who? All right. Sam Adams is in the news this week uh, because the, the brewery that made Rolling Rock beer for so long, which has been left empty since uh, – who bought Rolling – Bud bought Rolling Rock, right? Um, that brewery is soon. Interbrew. It's the old Latrobe Brewery. It's going to soon start brewing Samuel Adams. Boston Beer Company said it signed an agreement with a subsidiary of City Brewery in La Crosse to brew an unspecified amount of Samuel Adams beer at the Latrobe, Pennsylvania plant. City Brewing bought the facility in Latrobe last year after its former owner, InBev, sold the Rolling Rock brand to Anheuser-Busch for $82 million. Anheuser-Busch, the nation's largest brewer, is now brewing Rolling Rock in Newark, New Jersey. Boston Beer says it plans to invest between 3 and $7 million in the facility, which is about 35 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. And the company also said it's discussing the possibility of taking an ownership stake in the plant. Sam Adams sold a heap of beer last year, uh, over a million barrels. barrels. And my prediction, uh, the BA, I think we were talking about this last week, the Brewers Association defines a craft brewer as anybody who brews less than 2 million barrels a year. And I think that Sam Adams is fast approaching 2 million barrels. And if they grow at the rate they did last year, I think they might have 2 million this year. Um, if not, maybe a year from so now. So soon we'll be calling uh, Sam Adams Mega Swill. I don't know. Well, the interesting, you know, you heard the interview with Jim because he, you know, that he prides himself on being a craft brewer, right. albeit the largest craft brewer in the country. He's still a craft brewer, but if it has to go by the Brewers Association definition, 
two million barrels. You're not. You're no longer. I guess. I guess you, you can always a, lobby uh, and have that. You change. can always, yeah, change the definition. Yeah. And that's what I think too, because Jim's highly involved in the BA. I think he's on the panel and everything else. So I do. I'm glad you brought that up because I have the feeling that there might be a little policy change, and they'll just keep pushing it back for Jim. <laughs> like whatever he brews is now the standard for craft brewers. It still won't even be close to. A B. Yeah. Oh no, and, and nobody oh. ever comes near. And Sam Adams is is very much like a craft brewer. If you if you look at you know, everyone sees the Boston Lager or whatever, but once you get to know them, you're like, wow, they got 21 different beer styles. Oh, they do lambic. They do you know, 19 you know, award yeah. winning styles of Samuel Adams. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but they you know they they have uh, you know more. Uh, chutzpah than, you know, a lot of craft brewers out there for trying different things and, you know, supporting the home brewer and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I think that's really more the definition of what a craft brewer is, if you ask me. There's a lot, yeah, there's You're a right. lot more beer community involvement with them. One of their brewers right now is actually attending the UC Davis Master Brewers course. One of the guys you see in the commercial with the long beard. Oh, yeah. Yep. Very nice. I, I, actually, when I did the tour there, uh, they were telling me that people will come in and do the Sam Adams tour, and the guys that they see in the commercials are are actually there driving forklifts and haul, and moving around kegs and stuff. They're and the, not actors. And the people on the tour, that's what they do. They get they get all surprised, like, "Wow, that's the guy from television." Yeah, he's our forklift driver. <laughs> like, that's who he is. He's not an actor. So uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Sam Adams, I know, has been um, you know looking to increase their their capacity. So now they signed up with the Old Latrobe Brewery there. Last bit of news, Doc. I thought of you because you uh, have a uh, these type of thieves dream garage. Uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago. I talked about um, teenagers. The crime of teenagers raiding people's garages was rising throughout the country because they that's where a lot of people keep their beer. So teenagers were going around, and when they couldn't get someone to buy for them at the liquor store, they were breaking into people's garages and just taking beer out of there. And this came out of Pennsylvania, this story I got today, that they're saying the crime um, is an old crime, but it's on the rise yet again. Garage hopping. Is what it's called, Doc. We're gonna get a word for it. Yes, it's basically teenagers raiding open or unlocked garages of beer. And I, what I thought of you is because because it's something I would have done when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. And what a fucking jackpot your garage would have been yeah, when I was I seventeen years old, man. <laughs> I would have been like, oh. I would have broken in twice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a trend. Shit. <laughs> didn't know that was a trend. That actually happened to my dad. Did it really? Yeah, back in about 76. Oh, okay. Of course, my dad's beer of choice was Lucky Lager. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Right? So it was funny because about five hours after my dad figured out it was gone, the case was back on the front porch minus four beers. <laughs> you can have this crap back, buddy. <laughs> it, was, it was Kevin that stole it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's just, you know, uh, I think that the news always likes to report that things are, are a On rising rise, trend yes. and everything. So I don't know if it is or not. I did think that it's interesting though, especially among homebrewers, because a lot of us have garages, uh, full of beer and keg beer and everything else. So. Be on the lookout. Put those locks on your garage. Well, where my big stash is, I keep that locked. Is that right? Yeah. That's too bad. But they can still get away with a lot. Yeah. in the garage. I mean, they would have had to, you know, either bring growlers or just take those kegs right out of your fridge, you yeah. know. But, well, we got, I got the other, the side-by-side, uh, beverage refrigerator. It's, 
It's got a lot of bottles in there. Yeah. They go nuts in there. Maybe what they should do is just barricade the door into the garage and live in there for a week. <laughs> yeah, they could. exactly. Just make a stand, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just stay right there. We ain't leaving until it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. Until uh, uh, you see, like, you know, pee running out underneath the garage door. <laughs> when the news shows up, uh, is there some political reason for your standoff? No, he just has a lot of beer. We're not yeah. done yet. Why not? <laughs> What are the demands? Leave us alone. Yeah. Pizza. Advil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. It's the competition show part two. We're going to be doing some judging today. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about some common flaws that show up over and over again that judges notice in competition. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Gather round ye lads and lasses, set ye for a while And hearken to me mournful tale about the Emerald Isle Let's all raise our glasses high to friends and family gone And lift our voices in another Irish drinking song Consumption took me mother and me father got the pox Me brother drank the whiskey till he wound up in a box Me other brother in the troubles met with his demise Me sister has forever closed her smiling eyes now everybody's eyes, so until our tears are dry, we'll drink and drink and drink and drink and then we'll drink some more. We'll dance and sing and fight until the early morning light, then we'll throw up, pass up, wake up, and then we'll drink in once again. Kenny was killed in Kilkenny, and Claire, she died in Clare. Tip and Tipperary died out in the Danier. Shannon jumped into the river, Shannon back in June. Ernie fell into the urn, and Tom is in the tomb. Cleanliness is godliness, me Uncle Pat would sing. He broke his neck, slipping on a bar of Irish ping. Oh, Grady, he was 80, though his bride was just a pup. He died upon the honeymoon when she got his Irish up. Now everybody died, so until our tears are dry, we'll drink and drink and drink and drink and then we'll drink some more. We'll dance and sing and fight until the early morning light, then we'll throw up, pass up, wake up, and then we'll drink in once again. With Riley near the cliffs of Ordenine. He took out his shillelagh and he stabbed him in the spleen. But Crazy Uncle Mike thought he was a leprechaun, but in fact he's just a leopard and his arms and legs are gone. When Timmy Johnson broke his neck, it was a crying shame. He wasn't really Irish, but he went to Notre Dame. McNamara crossed the street and by a bus was he. But he was just a Scotsman, so nobody gave a shit. Oh. Now everybody died, so until our tears are dry, we'll drink and drink and drink and drink and then we'll drink some more. We'll dance and sing and fight until the early morning light, then we'll throw up, pass up, wake up, and then we'll drink in once again. Uncle Brendan tried to drive him from the bar The road rose up to meet him when he fell out of his car Irony was what befell me great-grand-uncle Sam He choked upon the very last potato in the land Connor lived in Ulster Town, he used to smuggle arms Until the British killed him and cut off his lucky charms And dear old father Flanagan, who left the Lord's employ Drunk on sacramental wine beneath the altar boy Now everybody's died, so until our tears are dry We'll drink and drink and drink and drink and then we'll drink 
fight some more. We'll dance and sing and fight until the early morning light. Then we'll throw up, pass out, wake up, and then go drinking once again. Someday soon I'll leave this world of pain and toil and sin. The Lord will take me by the hand to join all of me kin. Me only wish is when the Savior comes for me and you. He killed the cast of Riverdance and Michael Flatley too. Now everybody's high, so until our tears are dry, we'll drink and drink and drink and drink and then we'll get some more. We'll dance and sing and fight until the early morning light. Then we'll throw up, pass out, wake up, and then we'll drink and once again. Then we'll throw up, pass out, wake up, and then we'll drink and once again. Then we'll throw up, pass out, wake up, and then we'll drink once again. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. All right, back in action here in the competition show part two. If you're just joining us. City lights! <laughs> oh, wait. Filling John's shoes for us there, Trying Jamie. to, man. John will be here a little bit later. He's going to hang out. He's got uh, dinner with his girlfriend first, so he couldn't make Again, it. Again, another Jew celebrating Easter. Yes. I said. Haven't they done enough? That's what I said. Everybody likes eggs. I said to him, I said, uh, <laughs> so today's just like a day off for you because your girlfriend's a Jew, right? And he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> He has no idea what he's getting himself it's, into. It, to him, it's just girlfriend time. <laughs> yeah. He has no idea. Uh, he'll be here a little bit later. If you're just tuning in, though, it is our competition show part two. We're going to be doing some judging today of listener beer that people sent in. We've got Jamil in the studio with us, Kevin Pratt, and Brent, Both uh, all three BJCP uh, certified judges. Uh, Kevin is a... Uh, uh, national. Know, thank you, a national, as well as... Jamil uh, is. Jamil. And, um, I don't know, Brent, you're just a certified I'm just BJCP. Certified. And uh, and Doc's not even that, and he's still on the panel with you boys. Well, there's nothing wrong with being certified. Certified and recognized are two thirds of the BJCP membership. Is that right? And so that's it's a very respectable rank to be certified. I agree. I respect you a lot, Brent. I'll respect you in the morning too. That's what kind of guy we are around here. The kind of guy we are. Yeah, that's how many voices are in my head this week. It's really been a long week. <laughs> All right, uh, here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get on with a, a segment before we get to the judging that talks about some common flaws that you guys see over and over and over again in competition. And I know that there's a, a, probably a bunch that are kind of varied and, and are wide array, but there's got to be, if you judge enough beer, there's got to be some common things that appear over and over. And I thought if we could kind of get those out there, then we could give people a a head start on getting rid of that stuff. Well, the two most major are the two most basic, oxidation and sourness. Okay. Those are the those are the two biggest ones. It also seems like every single year there's kind of a, a trend in one kind of off flavor that shows up. There was one year where it all seemed to be a harshness to the um to the bittering, which was either over mineralization or the wrong kind of hop. Mm-hmm. This year, there seems to be an awful lot of apple or esters to a lot of beers. Not quite green apple, but apple esters that are inappropriate to the style. All right. And what causes those? 
It's typically the yeast selection and the temperature at fermentation. Okay. Maybe too hot? Maybe. Okay. All right, any kind of stress on the yeast, though, in general yeah. can cause that. Okay. Yeah, but most of the and most of the flaws I'm seeing this year are related almost to uh, under-oxidation, under-oxygenation okay. prior to fermentation. Okay. Okay, so uh, it seems then that it's a theme on our show all the time, especially when Jamil's with us, is, uh, you know, fermentation-based problems then you're talking about aside from the the oxidation of a beer if it's cardboard that that's you know bottling or and or there are other aspects to oxidation as well it's mm-hmm. a complex molecule that affects an awful lot of things mm-hmm. green apple esters can come from under oxygenation or can be an oxidation of alcohol uh, where it breaks down into acetaldehyde uh, typically it's from under oxygenating and trying to ferment with not enough yeast okay Oh, hang on, Jay-Z. Sorry. Uh, so uh, in the process of making al- alcohol, uh, acetaldehyde is formed. It's it's an intermediate step. It's a precursor sure to uh, making ethanol. So there's always going to be acetaldehyde in there. Okay. And that's that green apple smell and taste. And one of the things that I did early on in my brewing career to get rid of that was to stop this racking to secondary and all that nonsense. I just... You know, I was doing it too early or whatever. I, I just stopped doing it altogether. Okay. And that problem went away. So essentially from getting it off the yeast too soon, right. you were leaving that problem. That, well, there's or, a know, big oxidation or a lot, a lot of different other, other issues, but uh, generally just, you know, letting the yeast do what they do and not chilling it down early, things like that. Okay. Yeah, there's a big paranoia that, that as soon as the yeast starts to hit the bottom, you got to get it off of there. The stuff will last six, seven months. Yeah. In, in most cases. Wow. What matters is when it runs out of nutrient. And in an all malt wort, there's plenty of nutrient for that yeast to be down there for several months before anything goes bad. In the meantime, it's doing exactly what Jamil says. It's reducing an awful lot of things. It's reducing the precursors to diacetyl. Mm-hmm. It's reducing acetaldehyde into alcohol. Both of those are in the, uh, the alcohol pathway. And with the precursors to diacetyl, you don't typically notice them until you rack and they get oxidized. Okay. It's one of the aspects of oxidation. All right. So you got to let it run its course and uh, and finish out. So that's a common thing. Any other common ones that you notice, Jamil? You know, you know the things I, I, I write on judging sheets all the time, and this is why I'm like anti-adjusting your water for most brewers. Okay. Is, you know... Way too minerally chalky, you know. It's it's got this huge mineral component to it, and people have been adding in, you know, all sorts of things because yeah. they're brewing, you know, whatever style, and they think it it requires it, and they've already got hard water. Yeah, and they they're add a ton to more. Yeah, they're trying to Burtonize, and they end That's... up, and it's just so harsh. And I'm like, you know, don't add. Water adjustments, or you know, if you're adding water adjustments, cut it in half and try again, or you know, cut it, you know, uh, you know, try not doing it and trying it again. Yeah, Depends I, on what level I, I come. Across. I agree with that 150 percent because okay. it's we've uh, at, at Brewmeister have taken away all mineralization in all of our our kits, so okay. we don't we don't even add any any sort of mineralization to anything. We sell it, but. To my way of thinking, uh, to our way of thinking over there, there's maybe two or three different styles that require a certain amount of mineralization, mm-hmm. and generally it's very water-specific to what you get. Yeah. In most cases, if you want to make a Bohemian Pilsner, instead of calcium carbonate, add 50% reverse osmosis water to your own water. 
You'll have plenty of minerals in there for the yeast, and it will absolutely soften it up to the point where it's going to make a great beer. Okay. But in, any of the beer styles, you can brew just fine just with your regular tap water. And once you master everything else, then you might look at tweaking the, the, the water. Okay. You know, don't. You know, don't mess with that first until you yeah. figure out fermentation and mashing and all that other stuff first. Well, you know? Especially if you uh, don't even know what's in your water to begin with. Right, exactly. And you buy the packet of Burton water salts and just throw it in there. Oh, yeah. 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 You, know, you could be doubling up on everything and you don't yeah. even know it. Yeah. What about treating for like eighty percent of the water in the U.S. is considered hard water, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just uh, something like that. Okay. So now, the, generally, you don't need to add any anything. Yeah, and I agree with that. Again, the the uh, use of just plain old tap water is plenty fine. However, I do, you do have to cle- treat for chlorine and chloramines. Okay. Yeah, well, I, and I don't see that as a problem. You know, we're talking about common problems. Yeah. I don't see. see I, I haven't seen that in ages. I get I lots mean, just of medicinal beers once in a while, and I, I, I think when I do come across one, it tends to be a wild yeast more than it does uh, a chlorine problem. Mm, okay, well, I'm almost always I've been able to to get it back to untreated water. Or could, could it be back to they're still using bleach and just haven't rinsed it all up? That too. You know, uh, but simple it takes, takes quite a bit of bleach to to get those uh, flavors in there. It Even does. when you're using it as a cleaning agent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, one thing we've always talked about here, too, and and kind of going along with, with what Jamil said about make it your last thing, even when Colin and Doc have done their water shows to tell us how to, to adjust water, you guys have always said make last this thing. the last thing you yeah. ever – just mm-hmm. get everything else right. But one thing that we have always said also is, to is if you can, to carbon filter that water. So tap, yeah. we, we, like we've said all the time, Doc, that uh, tap water is great. It's fine. It's almost always going to be good for you. But if you can, put it through a carbon filter, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that will get rid can. of some of that. There is an too. alternative. Okay. You can use one quarter of a Campton tablet in five gallons of water okay. to reduce chlorines and chloramines. Chloramines don't evaporate and they don't boil off. They that's don't. The, okay. That's the new trendy thing that water companies are treating water with because it lasts all the way to the tap. It doesn't break down. For like 20 years they've been done. Yeah, it just trendy. doesn't. Oh. But what <laughs> happens is, is that the Campton tablet actually reacts with the chlorine and breaks it down into water, carbon dioxide, and calcium. Okay. All right, so that's one way to do it, which kind of negates my next thing, because I was going to say you could leave the water out overnight. We've talked about that, but I guess that'll only get rid of chlorine. Yeah, it can. It, yeah, it just gets rid of the chlorine yeah. in there. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Any other uh, comment? What about underfilling bottles and things like that? No. Is that a common thing? No, well, no. judges no. may comment on it, but they're they're wrong in commenting on it. It's really not that yeah, big that an issue. Yeah, that bottle's not filled it's a quarter inch uh, too low. Yeah, and, the uh, worst thing that can happen with that is if it's really a low fill, you might get an overcarbonation because of the balance that goes on between head pressure and pressure in the beer. Yeah. But typically, it so makes much. zero difference. The, okay. the the other common thing is, uh, you know, poor fermentation characteristics. That's the other really common thing. So I find myself writing the mineral comment. I find myself writing the, uh, you know, uh, you know, pitch plenty of, you know, clean, healthy yeast, uh, you know, ferment at, you know, X temperature, you know, things like that. That, okay. that tends to be the thing. Okay. 
And 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 then since we were talking and and since we're talking fermentation and yeast anyway, and Kevin mentioned uh, proper aeration. I don't remember, Jay-Z. Do you do the pure O2 when you aerate? Right. You do do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, Doc, I know you do the pure O2 yeah. thing also. Everybody here do the pure O2? I do, yeah. And, and what, what I mean, if you are if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're just, uh, some others, uh, John Palmer, he likes to use the aquarium pump and leave it for, uh, you know, longer, for 30 it's, minutes it's or so. It's just faster to use O2. McDowell, what do you, are you a pure O2 guy also? Yeah. Every, JP, pure O2? Always, baby. Everybody here is okay. So. See that the trouble with the aquarium pumps is that the they're often a diaphragm, and that diaphragm contains exactly the same phenol mm-hmm. to keep the plastic solvent or plastic uh, flexible as your green hose. And so, if you take that stuff and just put it in a glass of water and let it go for about one minute, yeah. it'll taste like it just came out of your hose. Ah. And I'm convinced oh, as a that kid, a lot we all of that know what that up. tastes like. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I'm convinced that that. that that shows up in beers from time to time. Interesting. Okay. All right, that's fair. All right, so a lot of the basics that we've always mentioned, you know, proper pitching and proper fermentation uh, temperatures, uh, leaving it around. Jamil, uh, God bless him, is a big fan of not having to do secondary, so I like that. Uh, anything else that are some some common things that you guys kind of see over and over that we might be able to nip in the butt right here? Or is that the about butt? over it? The bud. Oh. You want to nip it in the butt? But I don't care either way. Okay. <laughs> well, you yeah. have been alone for a while, haven't yeah. you? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Well, and, and, and the, the important thing is nobody's mentioned, you know, uh, recipe or any of that. That's nonsense. Again, it's it's brewing. It's, it's being able to make a nice, clean, you know, properly attenuated, no funky off-flavor beer. Yeah. Okay. That's... 95 to 99% of doing well in a competition. It's it's not about the recipe. Yep. All these guys that guard their recipes are, you know, that's just stupid. Yeah. There's 800 ways to make the same beer. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of uh, recipes and beer, uh, did I just drink Icebox? Is yeah. that what I had? Yeah. That's nice. So it's our Doppelbach that you... Iced. What was your... You just had to freeze it and um, and then take off what didn't freeze? Yeah. That's all you did? How long do you freeze it for? I just kept shaking the keg so I got a pretty good, you know, I could tell how much ice was in there. Okay. And then I just racked it off from that keg into the other keg. Yeah. How yeah. do I get some of that? I think it's... Uh, judges, what did you guys think of that? Did you try it? No. What do you think of the ice box? I thought I think it's a really nice. It's it's very very similar to the Doppelbach actually. Oh, yeah. It's not a, a, a stretch of the no, Doppelbach's already that. big alcohol anyway. And typically, an ice box will come from a traditional box, not from a Doppel. Yeah. Oh, I see. But I didn't have one of those. Yes, we just had this. <laughs> All right, what do but you it's still very nice. It, the raisin comes out even more in this. You get a lot more of the melanoidins out of it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, it is more raisiny too. So smooth. You like it, Brent? So smooth. The reason I asked how long, Doc, because I just was reading the other day about uh, about uh, Icebox, and, and some people will uh, have it at freezing temperatures for longer uh, to actually get more slush in there than, as opposed to just uh, freezing it for, say, 24 hours, maybe they'll do it for 48 hours. I just checked it. Uh, I, had a, I put the five a side-by-side freezer, so it, the whole five-gallon keg fit in there really well. Okay. And I just, uh, for work, I shook it. Not quite there. After work, I shook it. Not quite there. The next morning, I shook it. I almost uh, came over at lunch and the next day, and I just there. racked it into a short keg. So of five gallons, how much would you say came out of it? Uh, two gallons. Two, two gallons. and a half. Oh, wow. There you go. Quite a yeah, bit and, it's, and it's really nice because I thought that the doppel was slightly over... Uh, uh, over bittered, yeah, and okay. with all that extra body and the rest of it, it balances really nicely. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, but damn you on your first comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jamil, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was all right. 
Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's just okay? What's it missing? Um, His house. <laughs> this is this is uh, the 50-point beer, correct? Or is it an emulation? Wasn't there an ice box where you said, somebody said there was a 50-point beer out there? Uh, this yeah, one's brand new. It wouldn't uh, be this, this one. Be, oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, the 50-pointer was um, Steve Christian's okay. uh, uh, beer. He had brewed the... Uh, it's pretty funny we bring it up today, right? Because it's Easter and his name is... Never mind. Go ahead. He brewed... <laughs> Wait, he brewed this ice box. It, it was an extract base. <laughs> and the thing was... Fantastic. We were, you know, talking about how uh, a lot of judges, their range is like 20 to 35, uh-huh. and they don't seem to give scores outside that range. And we're bemoaning the fact that no, nobody them. uses, you know, up to 50. And, and Steve was just bringing out beers, and he knew that I really love Box and Icebox. He brought this one out, and, oh, it was just Amazing! I'm like, you know, this is a 50 point beer. Wow. Okay. Was, was it at that point you knew that he was the one for you? <laughs> yes. That was yes. the very yes. moment. And we had a, you know, quite a, a torrid love affair. At that point. <laughs> Do you ever think people you still just, didn't get the recipe out of it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you ever think some people just just slap a, you know, rip a, a label off a beer? commercial beer and just go, here you go. I've asked that you know, before, too. It's happened, you know? but it's, if it's you, never anything somebody can show their face no. on if, afterwards. If you, if you do that, I guarantee you, you will not do well in competition. Really? I guarantee it. Just, I just, I just know. I d- from I kind of want to try it just from just what fun. From what does well in competition Yeah. Uh, and, and what most judges are looking for in competition the commercial example, they would look at it as being, you know, too small, Average. not sure. hoppy enough, not malty enough, not, you know, not clean enough. Yeah, yeah they would not. Or they're going to be well. oxidized or light struck. Yeah, or, or yeah they wouldn't. They would not rate it well at all. Especially if it's a pasteurized beer or something like that that really kind of strips some of those things that homebrew is known but for. You if know? you show those people that beer somewhere else. Like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, and if you sneak yeah. it in on a competition, I've been part of competitions that have done that. Okay. Yeah, they don't, they don't uh, care for it. They don't do yeah. it. Okay. It's, right, it's a standard thing in, in competitions where you have extraordinarily large um, ranges of, of beers. Say you have 40 or you know, 20 or 30 kinds of IPA yeah. entered. No one panel is going to have that. So you put into that, and every panel has one particular commercial example that's a classic example and you just weight the uh the those panels based on how they rate that particular commercial beer okay and so if one panel is six points low and the other one's you know eight points high you bring down or bring up their scores accordingly and that balances out everybody's beers okay all right so what's wrong with my ice box jamil we didn't get to that your ice box? Yes. I, th- I thought you would pass over that. No. <laughs> He's not going to let that one go. I want to know. Don't you want to know, too, don't you, Doc? It's kind of uh, cheesy. Really? That's like a cheese kind of thing going on. That could just still be the smell little, of me throwing rotten cheese around from the other night. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> could be that. <laughs> the whole house kind of smelled like it after a while. Like uh, what's interesting? JP, you got to put your shoes back on. No, I'm sorry. Thank you. It's amazingly uh, dry and and uh, and almost a little tart. Okay, it's not supposed to be dry. No. Okay, it should be extra malty. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's got got quite a bit of carbonation to it too. Okay, 
That was on Same, which is adding to that dry, tart. How much of that do you think is because it's a Doppelbach instead of a traditional? Um, I would think that, you know, it would be even more, you know, uh, heavier and, and more body and, and uh, a little bit sweeter. And uh, I purposely overcarbonated it because I didn't want it to be cloying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think uh, in a beer like that, that might be a mistake. Well, I can always bring it back down. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would bring it back down a little bit. Because yeah, I've only... That's a lot. I only bottled like four bottles of it yeah. so far. So, okay. I think I think that's playing a big part in it. It's tending to kind of thin things out a little bit for me. Okay, if you had to do it just real quick off the top of your head, roughly how many points? <laughs> <laughs> he's working. He's working. Uh, you know, I'd probably be in the upper thirties somewhere. I'm all right with that. Good job, Doc. Yeah. You, did, you did a good job. <laughs> I'm all right that good job, Doc. <laughs> nice. Great job, Doc. All right, listen, we're going to take another break. I know it seems like we're taking a lot, but there's a good reason for this one. We're going to set up a, a flight now. We're going to do some uh, some tasting. Uh, here's how the show's going to go. Uh, not everyone's going to be really interested in the audio that happens today, and that's just the way it is. What we wanted to Have do... Have you ever heard paint dry? <laughs> yeah. Well, we wanted to give you a glimpse of what happens at the judging table, you know, behind the scenes, and that's really the point of the show, and that's why so many of you sent us your beers this week, and we really appreciate that. Uh, I've not reminded you today that, of course, you can call in 888-401-BEER. That's our number if you want to ask any questions. You can join JP. He's working the chat room for us today. Hi. Just hit the chat now button right there on our home page and uh, ask any of the questions you want about these competitions. you got a lot of uh, good judges in here and good palates, so if you want to know some stuff about your beer, I think it's a good day to be asking. So go ahead and join us and do that. When we come back, we're going to set up a tasting, and I'm going to go through uh, the whole thing that they do on a few of the beers, and then we're going to let them just kind of go off and do some tastings, and uh, we'll dig cool. around. And nice. um, uh, what I do want to capture, guys, is at the end when you kind of have to discuss things as a, as a group and see if you're all kind of on the same page, and I'm hoping to see some black eyes and some some real nitty-gritty. I'm hoping to see some black eyes. Cuts nice. and contusions. <laughs> black eyes nipping it in the butt. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. hoping to see. Have I got a DVD for you? I know. I think that's... uh, All right, I'm going to go check out blackeyesnippinbutt.com, and uh, when we come back, we'll be doing some... uh some judging with some real BJCP judges in here. And then Doc, too. And, who's, and Doc. Who's pretty good himself. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On The Brewing Network.
Your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. (laughs) (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Come gather good people and hear this strange tale of a man who was known in each county and vale. In a pub down in London called the White Horse's Tale, sat the one man in England who didn't drink ale. He's known in each tavern, both distant and near. That queer little fellow who doesn't like beer. His father disowned him out of grief and of shame. His wife, she divorced him and his son changed his name.
All right, welcome back. Competition show part two, and we're getting ready to do some judging right here in the studio with our BJCP certified panel, Sans Doc. And uh, it's going to be good because it's all the stuff you guys have been asking for where you really want to know how things are, 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 are tasting and, and what flaws are going on and what actually happens uh, during the competition. So we've got Jamil Zanishev here. We've got Kevin Pratt. We've got Brent. We've got Doc. Yo. All doing some tasting today. So... Uh, Thank you for sending in your beers, every one of you that did. Uh, a lot of people, I had box after box just showing up on my porch all week long. It was pretty cool. That hasn't Woo! happened in a couple of years. Oh! I don't even know box what Box after means. box Thank showing you. up on your... Okay, uh, God. Man, you're doing good today, JP. After <laughs> box left a month ago. <laughs> did. It's true. No more box. <laughs> so that's our plan. And right now, we've tried to organize the beers as best we could into their own categories. The only one that we have a full flight of are, are, are IPAs, which I think is common nowadays. Everybody brewing the IPAs. Uh, by the way, Jamil had his Kleiny plone, uh, Kleiny plone. <laughs> it's got a lot of alcohol. It yeah. does have a lot of alcohol. Kleiny plone. I love Kleiny plones. I think that's what they should be called when they're homebrewed yeah. and they have a lot of alcohol. They should always be Kleiny plones. Uh, you brought your Kleiny clone and, and did, did, uh, Mike bring his also? He did. We have dueling Pliny, Kleiny plones. Yeah. Uh, Chad had one here not too long ago. It was pretty decent, actually. I had yours, and um, it finished really dry. We were talking about that. It was awesome. But the hop character of it, maybe I just haven't had a Pliny in a while, but it didn't taste like the same kind of hops uh, that and Pliny. It was like more, I don't know, there was a lot more, I don't know if you used Amarillo or not, but that was no. like, there's like a, not only citrus, but kind of a... a Grapefruit. Yeah. Cascade. Or almost a piney and Simcoe. Simcoe. Uh-huh. Yeah, Simcoe. Okay. Yeah. That's where it's familiar, too. I mean, it's, that taste is familiar from the Simcoe yeah, Festival that Roger has, from Drake's did. Has, uh, has lots plenty of Simcoe, of Simcoe too. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm not saying it doesn't. I just, to me, it didn't taste like the same hop character as a Pliny, although it was every bit as bitter and hoppy as a Pliny. That was for sure. I felt that about Big it. Yeah, I was really, really thrilled that it got that dry and yeah. that, that clean because it started out at 1085. Pliny starts out at... 10, 70, 72. Okay. And to get down to that same dry character is, is you know, takes some doing. Yeah. It was nice. So, yeah, I was, I was really pleased how that turned out. What did you, well, so what did it get down to? 10, 14, you said? 10, 14, yeah. What did yours get down to over there, McDowell? And how far uh, down did, did 10, you? 17. 10, 17. Well, I was like a 10, 91. Oh, but he's, he says his started at 10, 91, too. Wow, that's big. I think, uh, Chad, when he did his, he did the extract kit, the, the B3 mm-hmm. clone, they have it. I think he 1077, and I think he got down to 1017 also, right around there. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that, uh, Vinny says about doing a beer like this is, it's gotta finish dry enough. You gotta be, you know, the 1012 to whatever. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not dry enough, it ends up, you know, Getting to be too heavy and syrupy and, and and a bit too much with all the hops resins that's in there and and yeah. it's it's weird the hop he's so so absolutely on spot on with this because the hop resins add like a mouth feel and a whole body of their own yeah. that if if you have that plus some malt sweetness in there it's just too much yeah that makes a lot of sense I actually. I could definitely tell the difference between the, the uh, a dry one like yours and, and Chad's the other day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, quite so dry. All right, very good. So what uh, style of beers are we judging here first? And I think we have some sort of method to our madness. Well, we have a German pills to start with. You should probably taste okay. this, too, so you can go along with us. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, I kind of wanted to, though, 
I don't think it's going to work. So, well, the the way that I don't the think judge, say anything works <laughs> is uh, the beers are poured uh, either by the judges or by a steward, or they're already poured and brought over by the steward. The judges, uh, they've got these sheets in front of them. They've put their names on them. They've got uh, their ID numbers on them. I use and a the, sticker. The, the first, the first thing. <laughs> Kevin uses a sticker. <laughs> it's got a happy face on it and a bunny because yeah. it's Easter. Wait, that's my sticker. Um, and so uh, the, the the judge will you know pick up the cup. The very first thing the judge wants to do is get the aroma of the beer because the aromas can be very fleeting. Yeah. Right. So uh, you know immediately after it's poured, they want to check the aroma. And uh, once you guys they, don't get to see the bottle. Uh, it depends. Well, we see the some bottle. Some competitions you do, some competitions you don't. Okay. But generally, assume that the judge sees the bottle. Okay. But, but uh, they take a quick sniff of the aroma and then write down their immediate thoughts on the aroma in the appropriate sheet there. Okay. All right, so that's what these guys are doing. Um, Jamil, how are your services today? My services? Yeah. Was he serviced today? Well, it's okay. Easter. Pope always does something on Easter, right? right? Man, you're bombing today, Oh, JK. I'm trying, though. You're doing awful. Man. I don't know what's wrong with you. But See, everyone in the, for- in the forum, in the chat room laughs, though. Don't listen to them. Are you? They are they me. doing that thing where, like, where they're telling no, you no, things no, no, to no. say? Are you kidding me? Because that's happened before, and it never works out. No. I'm not retarded. <laughs> that was my own. That was my own. I'll take. I'm going to move this away now. <laughs> 888-401-BEER. You can also join JP in the chat room if you have any questions to ask. So like Jamil said, the first thing they're doing is kind of getting a look at the beer and judging the aroma before they ever uh, taste it. And we've talked about this before, but I, I thought we'd. Uh, it's great to have all these listener beers in here and doing it. And uh, Kevin's making some notes already. They're all doing that just so that they can uh, so, get into that part of it. Aroma-wise on this, I'm getting kind of like... Uh, I'm not getting much in the way of hops. I'm not getting much in the way of malt. I'm not getting much in the way of, uh, you know, I'm getting kind of a, like a background, uh, slight oxidation, slight caramelly note, slight malty note, slight alcohol note. Okay. A lot of slights in there. And I think one of the reasons, I think, is uh, there's not a lot of carbonation in this thing, and I think it's not kicking up a lot. Okay. I, I, I got uh, grainy. A little, little grainy green. pilsner, um, yeah. Yeah, a little pilsner graininess, but not bad. Uh, slight hoppiness, just just barely detectable. Like mm-hmm. you said, not much. Uh, and the maltiness is, if you're trying to pull it out, you can pull it out, but... <laughs> It, it, no, it's it's Are like you guys it's, kidding me. Yeah, it's, it's, I can yeah. I can always pull it out. Yeah, yeah, no problem. That's right. No, I, 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 if I, I need to pull I, it actually, out, I got, I'll I got pull it malty out. and grainy in my two things that I've got out of this thing. I mean, a, a Catholic has to pull it out. There's no if other you way need to around. Pull it, it out. You pull it out. Right? <laughs> That's what a Catholic does. See, JP, you missed out on that one. That was good stuff right there. And you're, <laughs> man, you're bombing today, Jay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. I don't agree with the uh, the lack of malt character. It's got tons of Pilsner malt character to this, but it's almost DMSy up front. Um, and the hop character I get out of it is a slight little Hollertau hop character to it, but mostly it's Pilsner malt. Um, I do get the caramelly. I don't get much of the oxidation, not enough to really fault it for. Um, but it is slightly deeper in color than I might expect. 
which would also be a sign of oxidation. Uh, otherwise, appearance-wise, it's very nice. Now, usually well, these are done anonymous. You guys don't know who they are, but I'm wondering right. if, for the listener's sake, who might be tuned in right now, want uh, to you gave me seven back. beers before this. I can't remember who it is. Can I? Can we just say the name? It doesn't matter. Sure, it's you guys, fine. Don't we don't know who most of these people are. Okay, so this one is from Zymergist. So, um, whoever the hell that is. Yeah, yeah. he's out there, and uh, and since we're not like awarding <laughs> these beers anything, it doesn't really matter if anybody's biased. We're just sort of trying to evaluate them. So, Zymergist, if you're tuned in, we're uh, right now doing your. Uh, it's called. It's he's funny. So he sent me a note. Every beer that he brewed that he sent us was named after something that was going on in the show at the time that he brewed it, our show, which I thought was kind of cool. That's neat. Until I read the names, which uh, this one is his penile pills. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be the long pee contest <laughs> it's, it's, here. It's his penile pills. All right, so the next thing that, that happens is the judges look at the appearance of the beer. So you've captured that aroma before it's blown away, and you're you're going for the appearance. And, and what you're looking for there is the clarity of the beer, uh, the color of the beer, you know, not just, uh, you know, is it dark or light, but the hue that's appropriate and what the head looks like. So is it, uh, you know, tiny bubbles, big bubbles, you know, does it last a long time? Is it white? Is it, you know, off color? What, what, you know, what, what does the head look like? Okay. So that's the next thing that gets captured. Uh, you know, the aroma is up to 12 points. The appearance is like three points. Uh, and, and normally the judges don't discuss as they go through the sheet, they just feel, fill out the sheets uh, without any discussion. Okay. They assign a score, and then they discuss the score and uh, any discussion about the individual merits if they need to be. So in this case, the color on this is uh, kind of, well, it's hard to say in the studio, but it's a pretty uh, deep, uh, deep yellow. Uh, it's a golden. Yeah, almost golden. It's uh, very urine-like. We're expected deep, <laughs> deep straw. Yeah, yeah, deep, deep straw. straw. So uh, it's a slightly darker color to to what is expected for style. Although that darkness in here, everything's slightly darker in the yeah. studio. So out there, it might actually be just right. To be honest, well, put it against everybody. your judging sheet on the white judging sheet. Yeah, get a little closer thing. That's a good idea. So that's not bad, and it's uh you know very clear. Uh, you know, usually there's a difference between brilliantly clear and, and, uh, just clear. Uh huh. What would you call this one? Uh, I can't tell if it's marks on the cup or. Cause it's I pretty think this is brilliant. I, to pretty, me, yeah, it looks as close clear as it gets, right? That's pretty This damn. would be brilliant. Okay. And that's actually a, a technical descriptive term that, that actually counts, um, in the professional world. Okay. Well, one, one of the things I do to, uh, Determine if, if a lighter beer is brilliant is if I can read something on the other side of it. Okay, and that's what that. Then you'll go ahead and call it brilliant if you can. And what's the, what would be the next thing down? Right. Just and clear. Anything, anything with with any sort of haze, even if you can see through it, doesn't necessarily mean it's brilliant. So anytime there's any sort of haze, it's not brilliant. Okay, correct. And then it's just clear. Is there like a, a term? Down well, there's yeah. It, it could be very clear, clear. You know, down to hazy, cloudy. Okay. You know, murky, opaque. Okay. Well, there's brilliant, acceptable, um, clear. Yeah, see, I would, I would, and, I would uh, just, I would, I don't know if it's my cup, but I would knock this. Just, just, it's very close to brilliant. Okay, but I see a slight haze to mine. All right, so maybe sure. I got a late pour. Sure. Well, as, as you go, uh, on, you know what? Uh, I think you got the late pour because mine, mine's brilliant. It's just so clear. He got the first pour, and I can read. Uh, I can look read at, through look it. Look at mine. I know, mine too. Yeah, I can read through it, but again, it's not. Um, okay, I can see myself. Absolutely brilliant. 
This is great. I'm actually really glad that you're saying that because this is exactly the kind of thing I want people to hear. Again, you could look at this at I home would, and go, wow, that's clear. I would not, I would not, you know, uh, deduct anything for, for it not being absolutely brilliant. But you might say something about it. Yeah, I'm like, eh, you know, in, in most cases, it, it really doesn't matter that much. It's close enough to what you would get uh, commercially that, yeah, it's fine. Okay. All right, so after you do it, so that was all before even having uh, gotten to, to some tasting of it. Right. Okay. And the next step is to check the flavor of the beer. So um, <clears throat> you, you take a taste, judge takes a taste, uh, tries to kind of work out, you know, what the initial flavors are, and, and a good judge will write down uh, the flavors in order that they were detected. And that tends to, you know, you know, so, uh, the precedents, you start out with the, the first flavor and the next one, and then as they go through, then they get to like balance and, uh, you know, the finish of the beer and things like that and aftertaste. And that should all kind of follow in order. Okay. And if they're, if they're doing it right, they're kind of, you know, doing those things in sequence. And once they've done that, then they kind of bounce back and, you know, that leads into mouthfeel. Uh, I often check the aroma s- several times. So initially I'll check the aroma, capture anything that comes across quickly and will dissipate. And sometimes you get an off flavor or an off aroma, something, you know, some sulfur or some fruitiness or something. And after you've done your appearance and your flavor, you go back and you'll sniff this thing again. Yeah. And that, that off aroma is gone. Okay. And I'll make a note of that. I'll say, well, you know, on revisit, you know, the sulfur's gone. Okay. You know, it was a transient sulfur. And, and I'll give people credit for that because, you know, as long as it's, you know, if you were having a, a beer in a pub, you know, you're not drinking it immediately and evaluating it that second. Yeah, you know? right. So, so there's some difference. So I'll give people credit for that. And as the sample warms, other aromas and things will come out. And sometimes a funky aroma will come out when the sample gets quite warm. Yeah. And that I tend not to ding people on because, again, that's not how you're going to be drinking this beer if you were drinking a pint of this beer. And okay. that's, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, there are certain styles like this one where I will not take a real quick smell right up front because oftentimes there are sulfurs that go off yeah. real quickly. And if this was served to you in a bar or at a party, it had been brought to you from far away and it wouldn't be there. Yeah. So I like that you guys are taking into account where you'd actually be drinking a beer. Instead of thinking of them as this isolated lab experiment, you know, I like that. That you guys are like, hey, if in a bar, it's going to... If, I, if yeah. I had the same sort of, of aroma in a pale ale, it would be a fault. Yeah, but, okay. You know, it, it's not in this particular style of beer. Okay, fair enough. All right, very good. And Doc, how are you doing with the beer so far? Because this is one of your specialties here, the Pilsner. You make a damn fine Pilsner. Yeah. So you're a good judge of this beer. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not my my main thing, but yeah, I do pills. You make a good one. So how's it uh, holding up so far? You didn't chime in on the aroma uh, and stuff. The aromas? Uh, he did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I got grainy first. I oh, got that's malty, right. Okay. Uh, hops to a point. Okay. Uh, I smelled it right away, so I, I got some sulfur in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and any lager should have some sulfur, I think. You know, it's, it's not... That's just a yeast-driven Not necessarily thing. a flaw to have a little bit of sulfur in there uh, a lot of people when they're brewing their first lager they're smelling what's coming off the fermenter and they're thinking they did something wrong because all this yeah. all this sulfur's coming that or somebody off ripped one in the, yeah. in the room there yeah I, or they sorry, open they've got it they got it in chest freezer and they open up the top of the chest freezer and all this sulfur comes mm-hmm. out of it and they think oh 
My first lager's bad. Right. Yeah, many a fine beer has probably been dumped that way. That's yeah. too bad. All right, Brent, you so, want to uh, jump into the, the flavor for us real quick? We'll have you kick it off, and then we'll go back to Jay-Z over there, since we haven't uh, gotten to you yet today. It is a little, to me at least, it's a little um, a little too bitter on the top. Okay. Um, just my initial reaction, it's almost even too sweet. But when you look at what the BJCP says in terms of the style for German pills, it, it fits most of those categories. Does it say it's supposed at. to be a little sweet in there? It says it can have mm. some um, some malt sweetness to it. Yeah, and but it, it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be this sweet. It's exactly. way too exactly. sweet. For exactly. Them. That's one of the things about the BJCP style guidelines is that we pay a lot of attention to the words that are written in there and not enough to the flavor frames that are involved. With the classic styles. Um, I think well, Julia would agree to me with the, a little bit on this that that. We have a, an awful big emphasis on the technical aspects of stuff and not so much on the but, tasting. Uh, so here's the thing. I, I just went, I've gone through the entire BJCP style guide again just recently while working on this book and, and I have been, uh, discussing a lot of the aspects of the, the various styles with Gordon Strong. And one of the things that I think people do with the style guides is they look at, you know, a mention of some characteristic. That, you know, there may be some slight trace of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, smokiness in a s- Scottish, you know, ale. And that that's in, in the guidelines or, you know, may have a crisp tart finish or something. And then people take that and they run with it and they yeah. go way overboard. And what they're, what they're talking about is like, okay, as I sat down with this beer, I detected this, 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 you know, all these different commercial examples. I got a very slight, you know, on, on a Tuesday and, you know, they're, they're, and people take that as way too much and put way too much emphasis on that. Okay. And exactly so they what I was try and, yeah, they try and, you know, cover all the aspects and say, you know, if you get some grainy sweetness up front from the Pilsner malt, which is very common with a Pilsner beer, you get, uh, you know, that Pilsner malt gives a kind of a slight sweet aroma, but it shouldn't be a sweet beer. So you may have an aroma or a flavor that reminds you of a sweet, but, uh, you know, a German Pilsner tends to be quite dry. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of times it gets lost. So okay. it's very, you know, you really have to drink the commercial examples. Yeah. You have to go out and... uh you know, and exactly. then when once you read the style guides, you think, okay, I yeah. see what they're talking about. Because the the guidelines are a frame, they're a range, they're a the width of window, a, a width and a height and a depth, and what they encompass is essentially the flavors found in all of the classic examples. From that, they are written so that the first classic example is typically the very best or the sharpest, closest dead on. Right, that's supposed to on down, down to, be in to order. the ones that have a little more disagreement amongst the people that actually wrote this. Mm -hmm. And uh, they will change from guideline to guideline because brewers change, because styles evolve, that kind of thing. So without tasting them, without tasting all of them, it's really hard to have a flavor frame reference as to what those guidelines actually mean when they say this. Yeah, you need a framework. But if you you take those commercial examples and you sit down with that style guide and you read through that style guide while you you drink the commercial examples, I did this recently just again. You know, I've done it in the past. I did it again as I'm working on this book. And, you know, that style guide is excellent. There is so much very accurate information in there. And, you know, there's a one or two little, slight little things you might disagree with or, you know, the sample you have doesn't have that or, uh, you know, but it's really, really done well. 
And that so, represents the the range. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you know the the thing to do is to not uh, read it as being you know oh this must be there and it must be really strong because yeah. it's not know, describing a single beer. Not, it's describing uh, yeah. a range. Okay. Well, fair enough. I've had a, I'm a Pilsner fan since going to, I wasn't a Pilsner fan until I went to Germany in 2004. Been a fan ever since, so I've had, I think, probably all of the, uh, examples in the BJCP. And the first thing I thought when I tasted this beer was that it's a little too sweet. Just yeah, like not, you guys said. It's not exactly. nearly crisp uh, enough for a... And this is, Pilsner. we were talking about how you shouldn't mineralize your water. This is one case where I might tell the person to use a little more calcium carbonate. Uh, okay. I think they really need to drop down on the sweetness. They need to get more attenuation, mm-hmm. uh, less... Well, uh, you know, uh, if there's a touch of oxidation going on or any sort of caramelization going on or any, yeah. if they're adding any sort of, uh, German Pilsner is made with Pilsner malt and hops and yeast yeah. and water yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And you don't add any other specialty grains, no melanoid, no Munich, no any of that stuff, just the Pilsner malt and, yeah. and that's how it's made and it, all those other things fight the crispness, I think. You See, can I think do a slight bit, but I, you know, and and it's certainly not devoid of that great hop bitterness too. So I, yeah, I, I would, the t- I, is I fine. think, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think you're right too. Just, uh, I think attenuating further right. would have kind of nipped that in the butt and get bud, butt, mm-hmm. bud, 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 yeah. and made it dry like we uh, like we want it. Freudian slip. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't want to go through every detail of the uh, sheet on this one beer. Maybe we can focus on the later parts of of the the style sheet on other beers. So let's move through this one a little a little quicker. Next, can, well, can, can I go back to one question real quick? Sure. Because I was detecting you know some astringency in that last beer, and it falls under the mouthfeel category of the of the saw guidelines. Okay. On, on this yeah. beer, on this pills that we're exactly. Okay. And I mean, and in terms of how you pick up flavor, how the overall mouthfeel is definitely affects the overall flavor of the beer too. Um, I mean, I obviously am not as I don't know obvious. I'm not as as, as well versed at judging as you guys are. Um, I am I, I am certified, but doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, Doctor Doctor Scott. Doc knows a whole lot more than I know. Okay, okay. You don't have to be um, on your knees when you say these things. <laughs> oh, go easy on me here. <laughs> you know, but 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 in terms of affecting how that mouthfeel affects flavor, yeah. Um, Jay Z, Doc, any word on that? Um, I got into astringent on this one too. It just it's, yeah, it's one well, of the first things I mentioned. It's it's enough to affect well, the overall thing to me. Right. Well, and I, I agree with what you're saying on that, but I think the question is, so does mouthfeel any aspects of mouthfeel affect flavor? And I think ideally no. You know, they're they're almost separate, but you know, they're all entwined. So yeah. part of mouthfeel is maybe the, the warmth of alcohol. But if there's a lot of alcohol, you taste the alcohol as well and the various types of alcohols. So that may be in the flavor and the aroma, but it isn't technically part of mouthfeel. And if you get an astringent puckering, there may be some compound in there that's causing that, and you will taste that as well. But it technically isn't part of mouthfeel. So okay. they're they're technically separate, but I would think... You know, it really affects uh, the um, the uh, impression that someone gets when yeah. they drink it. The so impression it's, of dryness. You know, it's they, very, very difficult. And astringence is something that every beer has some aspect of astringence if you wait long enough. So it's somewhat of an unfair well, thing to say. They've all got tannins, and the tannins mm-hmm. are going to come through yeah. to a point. And this right. one, this one kind of hit me more up front. I think they had a grain, you know. It, yeah, and it, I, I got grainy in the aroma. 
Uh, I got some astringency mm-hmm. in the in the flavor and sure. the mouthfeel. Yeah. Uh, those are the first things that like you said. What, what comes off to you first? Yeah. Right. And that that's what what hit me mm-hmm. first. Okay. Yeah. No, I, th- I, I tell you, agree you mentioning how se- that, uh, that technically the mouthfeel and then and then the flavors are supposed to be separate. While I can see what you're talking about separately, uh, technically, that's tough. That's a tough well, thing to differentiate because you know, of the overall impression, like you said, the feel, yeah, has nothing to do with flavor. Well, it, but, but it does affect your impressions exactly, of flavor, right? Yeah, right. so that is and, I, and separating those out is very tricky. Yeah. I don't know that yeah. that's 100% true. A, a flat beer is going to have an entirely different flavor than one with carbonation. Sure, but that has nothing to do with mouthfeel. Yeah. So and either you're, then, talk, you're talking about, well, you're talking about, okay, what feel does carbonation give you? What flavor does it carbonation give you? It certainly give a lightness. There are two different things, though. Lighten up an awful lot of flavors. Yes, but that's that's flavors. That's not feel. Yeah. But it, <laughs> Even though I, it affects, yes, I understand. Uh, carbonation affects yeah. flavor, aroma. You know, it, like we were saying initially on, this is, doesn't have a, a lot of carbonation, so it wasn't kicking up a lot of aroma. It, 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 carbonation affects aroma, it affects flavor, it affects uh, mouthfeel, it affects appearance. Yeah, everything. Carbonation affects everything. Yeah. Overall impression. They're all affected by that's um, true by carbonation, but. Feel is different it's than still flavor. separate. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. That technically I understand that, and I think it does require a bit of training on on your part, on the taster's part, to make sure you separate that. I guess is all I was saying because I think you're right that it is different. It's just amateur. You're kind of like, hey, they, but it does affect my taste. So you do have to work at, right. at separating those right, things. Right. That's that's was my, my only point there. All of those aspects go into balance. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everyone's cleaning their palates now. We're going to try another beer. Uh, as we're getting the other beer ready, though, I would like a score on these, even if you just want to give a general one. That, that's fine. And I want to say, by the way, that Zymer just, I think this beer is fantastic. It's, uh, like I said, it's a little sweet. I would like it to be a bit drier, but, uh, I think it's a great beer. In fact, while these guys were just sipping on their sample, I finished the bottle. So I just want <laughs> you to know that I thought it was a, a great beer. Thank you for sending it in. Uh, scores, guys, uh, overall impressions as we move on to the next beer. I'll give it a 36. Okay. Which uh, might be a little high, but, you know, it's, I was wavering between 32 and 36. Okay. But, uh, more people seem to you know, just listen to the, it was the judging thing. I, I, if I was by myself, I probably would have given it about a 32, but just listening to you guys talk and yeah. kind of that, that round table thing, I kind of upped it a little bit. I think that's important, uh, to, to note too, because like Jamel said, generally you guys will kind of go through all of it without all the feedback, and not until the end when you've you've given it a score will you talk about that. So that's a good point that that influenced your impression. It did, it. yeah. Brent, I'm thinking close to 32, okay. 30, 32. All right, mm-hmm. Kevin, what do you think overall? I'm a hard ass. I gave it a 27. Really. I got a 27 once. Although we're within range. <laughs> I got a 69 once. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> that was before nice. you were married, right? <laughs> That's just for being a judge. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would give this a 36. Okay. I see a 36. I think, you know, the only real problems with it are, uh, you know, a little sweetness in there and a little oxidation. You know, they're, they're slight little things. So the the base basic beer is, is, is in there. I, I really clean. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how old it is, so so right. now, so maybe you know fresh and uh, you know adjust uh, the recipe a little bit. I, I think you know good stuff. Get it to attenuate a little bit more. So now, how would you guys uh, deal with that? Uh, since you have two, at least two scores, I'd have so to adjust up. You'd have to adjust Scott, up. Scott and I would beat I'd the hell out of Kevin. About <laughs> I'd come up to about thirty. <laughs> come way up. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, only information I have on the beer is just what's on the label here. It's a 5.3 ABV and 35 IBUs, and it's called Penile Pills. That's all I know. Sounds like it's right in there. <laughs> okay, you right. Probably say that the penile's right in there. <laughs> it's the penile. Fair enough. All right. Uh, what beer did we get out now, Brent? Uh, I know we have a bunch over Vagina there. Vagina Vienna. Oh, so also <laughs> from Zymer, just we're doing so, here. Okay. Yeah, the, you know, the thing is... Right, this is when, the last when, a, when, a, when a beer is, uh, you know, when, when you, when you brew beer and it goes into competition, you hear all these things and, and, and we're saying, well, you know, there's this wrong with it, there's that wrong with it, you know, and, and this is the problem and that's the problem. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad beer. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, just, you know, horrible. Sure. It's like, well, off of, you know, being in, uh, you know, uh, Germany and, and, and having some Bitburger, you know, fresh, uh, these are the things that are different and, you know, make it, you know, less than that ideal, you know, beer. Yeah. Plus, that doesn't competition mean it's and minutia can make the difference yeah, between very small and, little first things. And, second place. and that's why, you know, it's like, eh. Well, know, and in the, in the notes that everybody sent me with their beer, they want it to be ripped apart. They have sent it in okay. with every intention of us going ahead and saying exactly what we Oh, think. good. I'm going back to my 27. <laughs> Nobody had any qualms with us being honest. That's why they sent it to us. They, well, uh, we, we, we talk about uh, what's this, what's that, what can make it better. Uh, you don't get a 34 or 35 and have it be a shit beer. Yeah. So right, right. It, we could rip the hell out of a, of a 38 beer. But exactly. Oh, well, you know, if in theory, if something's a forty-nine instead of a fifty, there's some problems with it, right? Okay. And in you theory, have to find yeah. out what those are. Although, yeah, yeah. But if you get a forty-nine, you know, be really damn happy because sure. uh, you know, yeah, you're not listening to what we say anyway. That's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't change a thing, even though we would say something. If you're in like forty-five and above, don't change anything. Right. You know, you're not. You know, you're not going to reach the fifty at that point, probably. Yeah. Uh, and so for the rest of these beers, let's kind of just go through and, and come up with a score like we would, and then you know we'll discuss if we're far off. Can right? we go quickly on these? Because we're never going to yeah. get through all these. Exactly. Go That's what I'm it. thinking. And I'm going to go to the phones. You guys go ahead and do your evaluation. I got a caller. We got Danny W. Uh, you're on the air. What's happening, Danny? W. Hello, gentlemen. How are you, Hello. brother? Hello, Newman. I heard Bub was uh, <laughs> Newman. I heard <laughs> Bub was aboard today, so I wanted to pitch in with a competition tip that would help Bub. All right, good. Go for it. My, not, my not to favorite enter. deal when I'm sending in beers for competition is to wrap a diaper around the bottom of the six-pack holder. Yes. Because I think a diaper would hold just about a busted 12-ounce bottle. That's actually a, a good idea, and it happens to fit really well around the bottom. It, you know, the bottom of a, the butt of a baby and a six pack holder are just about the same size. Which is very strange, by the so way. It works really well. Depends on the whose baby it is. If it's like JP's baby, kind of it would probably be like. Uh, you know, I don't know if that. Affects, I, I, I hope that fades away by the time the much smaller. Are fit around like one bottle. You know, he's buttless. <laughs> Yeah, you would have to get the no scent diapers if they make those. That's a yeah. So make sure make sure you yeah do that. And uh, the other thing I found that I like for packing materials, but I you know I've never been on the other end where I got to unpack this crap. Yeah, JP is, has. Uh, sure, other end. Yeah. I've, yeah. Instead of using peanuts, I've been using uh, the pet bottles, like like half liter soda bottles. Okay. You know, you go buy your diet coke in the in the grocery store. Yeah. You drink the thing down, put the cap back on it. A layer of those around and under the six-pack holder seems to me to be a really good way to, you know, give you some cushion. Absolutely. It's lightweight. You're not going to have to pay to ship the crap because it's not heavy. Yeah. And they're sturdy and they're reliable. All right. So, so for packing up 
bottles for entries. Wrap every bottle in bubble wrap. Yeah. Okay. Just one layer. You don't yeah, need don't to put like them in a holder. Don't put them in a case. But yeah, yeah or yeah, one or two that's layers. That's actually key. Small bubble put wrap. A full six pack holder in there because the bottles will clank together. Yeah, yeah and it's, to it's the bottles hitting together that breaks the bottles. Right. It's, right. Unless so, you're, you know, the box gets pierced. It's the bottles hitting bottles. You said box right. and pierce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, about nine bottles. I, like when my, I don't like when my box is pierced. Yeah, yeah, we've said that before too. Always just the one layer of bubble wrap around it. Don't duct tape the shit out of it. Oh no! Guys. <laughs> I, I got a good <laughs> yeah. story with. I, I I was down in uh, Southern Cal and I brought my homebrew down. It was like Christmas or something. And, that is a good story. And I had a, a few of them left, and they were at the the in laws' house. And said, "Well, if you're not going to use them, you're not going to drink them. You'll send them on back." You know, so. They never got to me. Oh, we sent them. I never got them back. It turns out that they went back to them again because uh, dad-in-law just put the six-pack in, in a, a box, box. <laughs> <laughs> taped it up. Yeah. And it just, they all broke. Right. And they came back. I think there's one left, and it soaked up the bottom, and, of course, they returned it right back to them. There you go. All right, Danny, thanks for the tips, man. I appreciate it. Okay, man. Cheers, brother. Got a couple Hi. things coming in from the chat. Okay. Sure. What do you got? Oh. Uh, Zymergist says that that pills that you guys are drinking is six months old, and apparently it got a 44 in some sort of fall classic. Okay, fair enough. And that um, would have been back in the fall. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> six months later. And it's uh, a style that should be drank young. Yeah, that's true. That's, that is true. You can make the best uh, pilsner of, of any kind, bohemian, German pilsner, any of those. Yeah. They are dead in six months. Okay. Yeah. They're good for a couple of months most. I finally dumped uh, the last half keg of mine because I just couldn't take it anymore. They, they I, I, reach a know, point it was, of beauty it was like, like a baby month or two in, and then it was, it was great crap. at the beginning. And I just just couldn't handle it more, and I needed the keg room, so yeah. it had to go bye bye. Talk. Well, I think you're an asshole for dumping it and not bringing it over here. Uh, you're gone. Man. Hey, I brought you a keg, you keg of Colch, man. It's next to your oh, keg you reader. Yeah. Oh shit! Why didn't you say so? Show's over, everybody. I'll see you later. Good night. <laughs> good uh, night. Before we do uh, this beer, uh, real quick question: Since we're finishing up with the pills, we just did question from the chat room. How can you tell the difference between corn and DMS? In a, in a classic American pills, they want to know. Is there is it the same thing? That's a classic question. No, no, they're not the same thing at all. By feel, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> feel lumps. Uh, it's, Maybe it was the corn. No, DMS has a distinctly cooked corn character to it, where the uh, yeah. the, the corn itself will be a little you more know, grainy, cleaner, okay, um, yeah. a, a brighter flavor that that's more definable. I, th- I think what Kevin's saying, you know, uh, I, I agree with it. Because um, DMS, it can be more like cabbage as well. It's not necessarily corn. Corn has a very distinct, uh, and I always think DMS is not quite as corn-like and more like cabbage or it's any cook- other vegetable. It's cooked vegetables. Yeah. More like cooked, cooked steamed yeah. vegetables. Yeah. Instead of- Hard cooked. Yeah. Or canned. Canned corn is very close. Well, it's been cooked. There's a sweetness too. to the aroma yeah. of DMS that is not there with clean corn flavors. Okay. Right. That's, so that's a, good, a good general yes. rule there, the sweetness. Right. Okay. If you have any good shine, then you know what that taste is like. <laughs> Doc, his shine, his <laughs> yeah. banjo, his go-to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his form. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this beer, maybe some quick evaluations of it, uh, starting with Mr. Jay-Z. What do you think? Uh, I give it a. Uh, what kind of beer is it? Vienna. Vienna, Vienna lager, lager, I guess. Okay. Uh, I would give it uh, maybe a twenty-nine, thirty. Okay. Uh, overall impression in a couple of words, other than the score. Uh, 
sweet. It, it yeah. had like a sweet yep. and an, and too much bitterness, and uh, so it was like a non attenuated sweet. And then, uh, and if it attenuated all the way, it'd be way too dry. <laughs> so it's kind of a balancing act of various things there. All right, Mr. Pratt, I'm right back at the same score at about a 27. Okay, um, I found there to be sort of an anise to the flavor, almost like licorice, and a little celery to it. I think pronounced anus. <laughs> I just oh. wanted to say thanks yeah, you before would. you got there, because I saw it in anise. the corner of my eye. <laughs> yeah, anise. Um, not your niece. Anies. <laughs> and, uh, Anybody's niece. You know, it was just... It was, and it was also a little bit hoppier than the style calls for. Okay. Brent? Uh, same thing, really, with hot bitterness. Um, just a little too hoppy. Especially um, in, in a beer like this, you want it to be smooth, just going down. You know, I think of Oktoberfest, and I think of just you know pounding a couple of these guys in October. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't pounding pound a couple, couple of these guys in October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, welcome to the show, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> hang in there. You, you're doing Next. is it Wednesday? What? Next. You're doing fine. Sorry about that, Doc. What do you think? Um, off the aroma, first thing I thought was great aroma. Uh, I, I knew it was either an Oktoberfest or a Vienna right away, and then I tasted it, and just the, it was just too sweet. That's the whole thing, and then then the, at the end, the bitterness came through. They didn't balance each other, and I, I'm with Jay Z over there about not being attenuated enough. It should be cleaner, yeah. drier, and so we can we can pound a few more. But this is just so <laughs> a few more of these guys. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, it's not a bad beer, but it's not something you just want to go beer after beer with this. Well, thing. That, that's the interesting thing, you know, because. A lot of times you're looking at balance between, you know, sweetness and bitterness and, and, and it's like in the Pliny clone. You, you can't put a ton of sweetness in there and then just add a whole bunch of hot bitterness and say, well, it's balanced. I mean, it becomes barley. No, wine. there's more to it than that. You know, it's, and so in a, in a lower gravity beer, you know, it's like kind of like a malt character in the background with some residual sweetness and then, you know, just enough bitter to balance and it needs to balance all the way through you can't get them separately like we're getting in this beer i gave it about a 30 30 yeah okay not too bad scores across the board all right we're going to take a break we're going to line up the next beers and we're going to move through them a bit quicker now that was all from the same judging from zymer just you promised uh we're going to get everyone else's beer done here when we come back so uh hang in there everybody i oh i got bub on the line yeah hey boob what's happening brother hey What's the word? As I told J, uh, JP, the show needs a little more ass. It needs more ass. Um, I think we just I mean, we got a lot of ass just in the last segment right here. We were talking about... Uh, yeah, you did. You did. You picked it up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Gucci for getting a new uh, uh, attachable penis in the form of a Harley. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. think that's awesome myself. I saw it. He got a nice bagger, too. Yeah. It's a sweet bike. Okay. Yeah, is, we, is you, need a, you need to crank up the detachable penis song by uh, whoever the hell that is. I'll play it right now. All right. All right, brother. Thanks, bub. Bye. Right. There's the bub timer, which means it's time for us to go to break. It's the competition show part two. We will be right back. We're going to get through all your beers. Don't worry, guys. And uh, we may just have to judge them a bit quicker than we did the last couple. Hang on a second, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Well, a Scotsman clad in kilt left the bar one evening fair. And one could tell by how he walked that he'd drunk more than his share. He fumbled round until he could no longer keep his feet. And he stumbled off into the grass to sleep beside the street. Ring, ding, diddle, little idio. Ring, da, diddly, io. He stumbled off into the grass to sleep beside the street. About that time, two young and lovely girls just happened by. One says to the other with a twinkle in her eye, See yon sleeping Scotsman so strong and handsome built. I wonder if it's true what they don't wear beneath the gilt. Ring, ding, diddle, little idio. Ring, da, diddly, io. I wonder if it's true what they don't wear beneath the gilt. They crept up on that sleeping Scotsman quiet as could be Lifted up his kilt about an inch so they could see And there behold for them to view beneath his Scottish skirt Was nothing more than God had graced him with upon his bird Ring ding diddle little idio, ring da diddly io Was nothing more than God had graced him with upon his bird They marveled for a moment, then one said, we must be gone. Let's leave a present for our friend before we move along. As a gift they left a blue silk ribbon tied into a bow. Around the bunny star, the Scots kilted lift and show. Ring, ding, diddle, little idio, ring, da, diddly, io. Around the bunny star, the Scots kilted lift and show. Now the Scotsman woke to nature's call and stumbled towards the trees. Behind the bush he lifts his kilt and gawks at what he sees. And in a startled voice he says to what's before. For his eyes, oh, lad, I don't know where you've been, but I see you one first prize. Ring, ding, diddle, little idio, ring, da, diddle, idio. Oh, lad, I don't know where you've been, but I see you one first prize. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Whenever life gets you down, keeps you wearing a frown. And the gravy train has left you behind And when you're all out of hope Down at the end of your rope And nobody's there to throw you a line If you ever get so low That you don't know which way to go Come on and take a walk in my shoes Never worry about a thing Got the world on a string I've got the cure for all of my blues. I take a look at my enormous penis, and my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis, and the happy times are coming to stay. I gotta sing and I dance when I glance in my pants And the feeling's like a sunshiny day I take a look at my enormous penis And a 
everything is going my way. Do American Wheat next here on the competition part two show. We got Jamil Zana Chef Kevin Pratt, Brent Brew Baker on the st- in the studio. Doctor Scott's helping out, and uh, Mike McDowell's hanging out in the back and serving us good beer in between the good beer that we're judging, which is kind of cool. Uh, all right, so we're going to kind of move through a little faster this time. We want to try to get through everybody's beers. Uh, those of you who sent. Uh, multiple beer styles. We may not taste all of yours. We do, we're going to try to do, I think, one from every, not during the show. from every person. Exactly. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try them after the show, uh, just because we want to get to everybody. Everyone deserves a little feedback for sending it in. So uh, give us a chance there. Everyone's trying their American wheat right now. Um, Kevin and I were talking at the break. An interesting thing that we just want to point out again. We talked about it a little bit already. Was it in the judging process? A lot of these guys will uh, give their scores and then talk about it afterward. You don't do it all the way through. And Kevin said that 
if people's scores are within five points of each other, then you can go ahead and move along and just uh, you score the beer and you go on to the next one. But if there's a big difference, if you're talking more than five points, ten points, anything like that, then they have to have a discussion and figure out what the deal is. And uh, we're going to do a discussion like that hopefully later in the show. We'll see how it goes. We do have an IPA category where they're going to get to judge, I think, four different IPAs we have and uh, see if they all agree or not. And if they don't, it'd be kind of cool because we can listen to them hash it out at the end there. So just a little different that you're get, that you would get in a regular competition the way we're doing it here because they're kind of influencing each other as they do all the tasting. So whose beer is this one? This is uh, the uh, American wheat. You said I think it's Paul uh, Walter Myers. Is that if I remember That's that exactly right? right? Paul Walter Myers sent us in I think three different beers. Um, and this one is his American Wheat. We'll do uh, this one and then move on to somebody else's after that. Um, first impressions, uh, looking at Doc over there, he's uh, thinking hard. I can see his thinking cap yeah. on. I, I, I can't uh, read his mind, but he's definitely working hard on this one. I can His brain is starting Battery to Battery needs to poo. No. <laughs> he's got to go to the restroom. I'm good on that. I did that this morning. <laughs> yeah. Got a Sunday morning paper. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't have this. Oh, I do have this one. These are visual images I don't need while I'm <laughs> dealing with aroma. Nonsense. <laughs> no, All right, uh, Jay Z. I would I would give it in the um, upper twenties, uh, low thirties. Uh, it's just a uh, kind of kind of like that. Yeah, I, I think Doc is going the same way. Yeah. It's a little too sweet and sweet citrusy. And I got, I got a little soapy, maybe. Yeah, I got thin, and, and the aroma is that just a yeast bite aroma. Mm. And I, I expect a little bit out of it because it's a wheat beer, but it's. I get this when I have a really fresh beer that just first comes out of the conical, right? right. And you want, don't want to kind of say sour. But it's it's got, got that yeasty sour thing. It doesn't Acidic. come through. In the, yeah, it doesn't come through in the flavor. Acerbic. Yeah. Yeah. It is really thin too. Isn't and it's it? very thin. Oh, well, you know, it's a style that can can be fairly thin. Okay. You know, uh, I think you you can have quite a range there. I tend to like them a little more crisp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it should be a fairly refreshing beer. It's pretty dry though. It's not as if it's not as if it's not dry. Yeah. There's just a lot of other things kind of hanging around. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd, uh, is there any information on the bottle? I, I would like to know what it finished at because it does taste dry. But I think you're right; it's not crisp. It's his a bit email muddy. address. Just his email. Okay, that's all right. Um, all right, I'm with you on that. Brent, anything to say in, uh, of note of this beer? I agree with what's been said so far. Yeah, I'd go probably about a thirty. A thirty on it. Okay, twenty-eight thirty. Did you give a number, Doc? That I didn't hear. No, I didn't. What do you? Well, I was thinking about twenty-six, twenty-seven. Okay, Kevin, what do you think? I was at twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Right, so we're done. Next beer. All right. We'll yeah. move on we to the next one. We'd all be in agreement with this. This is, yeah, we would say, okay. You know, yeah. I, I agree with it being a little bit. A few points. Yeah. A little bit thin. I like them a little bit chewer, but but I agree that the style can be thinner. Well, and usually you, you go through scores. Yeah. And if everybody's really close, you just say, okay, next thing. You don't And it's okay to, to have an it. average score. I mean, that's sure. kind of the definition of average. It's yeah. going to happen a lot. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. Uh, you're... You've got point. if if this were uh, a flight of American wheats in front of you, and you'd go through and give a score. Say you gave this one a twenty-seven, and as you went through, you end up having to pick the top scorer of the flight, right? 
Like yeah. You, have, you do have to pick a top scorer. That's sure. kind of the deal. So, Well, some competitions, if it doesn't score over a certain amount, they don't award a first place or something. Okay. Because that's kind of what I was curious about. What if you if you gave this one a 27 and you, get to, you get to another one and you're like, well, that one's not really a, I don't even want to give it a 28. Do you ever uh, do you ever go but do you ever revisit a beer and Knock lower, back down and lower beer? the score? Yeah, that can, can happen, but it takes an awful lot of time. It's easier to just give an extra point or two than it is to go back and and knock points off. Okay, and it's you know it it's kind of important that the score itself, the points, are Don't not as relevant as the feedback. Sure. Well, sure, for the brewer, absolutely. You know, for yeah. for the competition in general, it's really relative because if you gave a, the same flight to the, to another group of judges in exactly the same order, there would be entirely different scores. Okay, you can't trust what any one judge or any one judge panel says at any one day. Yeah, you yeah. have to enter your beer in three or four or five contests to really get. A focus group idea yeah. of what your beer is really all about. Excellent point. It can really be regional too. Okay. Oh, uh, highly. You get into pale ales, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's almost rap style. So, so don't don't beat yourself up about any kind of score that a panel gives you. But you, you take it into stride, know what they say, and then go on to the next one. Okay. Who? Uh, which? Whose beer? We're are We're looking doing? at a Scottish sixty. Has some stats here. Original gravity ten thirty two. Final ten twelve. Who's yeah. the person? Bottled on three twenty four. I was thinking this is a pretty good uh, American wheat. Oh Bill yeah. <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking you know a honey something. Mm-hmm. Honey wheat. Honey pale. Oops. Right. It has a nice uh, kind of sweet uh, honey Huge aroma that kind of starts and then it kind of yeah. dissipates. But it's, it's got a honey flavor. But to it's it. got a nice crisp light finish and uh, some graininess to it. This one's Bill's beer. That's what we're tasting here, and I think Bill's. No, and really light in color and something else too. I tell you, I, I'll tell you. I can't imagine that this is uh, a recipe that we gave on the uh, Monday show. <laughs> and that's you know, again, we go into the style guidelines. If you just go by the stats and you brew right to the stats, that does not guarantee you're going to get the right flavors. Right. Well, and I think uh, it's lacking some caramel sweetness. Which is, you know, de rigueur for this uh, style. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a little more maltiness. And, uh, but do you it's, think it's that clean and it's caramel uh, malt type sweetness, or do you think that's melanoidin from extended boil? Uh, you know, you can go either way. If you go the melanoidin route, the, the thing is, or if you do a, a reduction down to where you do get caramelization in the kettle, where you start with like a gallon, boil it down until it turns to a syrup, you can get it to caramelize. Um, the problem with all those is it comes across as really uh, uh, a lot of judges pick it out as uh, buttery. Diastole, yeah. yeah. And, and they're wrong. But and, yeah. yeah, and, and, and oh, it happens all the said. time. Now, if you, go, if you go the grain route, um, what happens is uh, you don't get that. And you can get like a, just with crystal malts and other uh, melanoidin-rich malts, you can get quite a, a nice uh, character from that. I just get all like clover honey coming through. Mm-hmm. The whole I, it, it would make a really nice sizer, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, you know if you if you called this an American wheat uh, or a blonde or something like that, I do okay. Yeah, I do all right. Okay. All right. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing too. We always talk about that. People don't know where to put their beer. So. I, I, I'm missing I, the, the. I don't think it's a bad beer. The I think, I think it's just uh, in the wrong category. Yeah. But honey would not let it score very well as an American blonde, but it definitely would. It definitely could score well as a wheat. Okay. So scores as a Vienna, as it was, uh, no, no, or, it was sorry, as a Scottish. 
Well, we scored as a Scottish or scored as a beer? Well, he labeled it as a Scottish, so I, I think you guys yeah, should do it 25. just like that. Because that's what would happen if he put it in a comp, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad beer. It's just at about a 20 for me. Pretty, pretty the, uh, much Scottish, just totally out of style. Because okay. it just doesn't, you know, it'd be fair. 27. That's 27, okay. Doc? I was going 25. 25. Okay. I, I thought it was a really nice beer as a beer, mm-hmm. but it really got knocked down because it just didn't fit in the style. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it would probably would do real well as something else. Yeah, chuck in some crystal malt in here there. All right. Yeah, or something like that. Great. I think that's good feedback because, like I said, if he had sent this to a competition as a Scottish, that's exactly what it would have gotten. Yeah. So, um, all right. So good to know, guy out there. Uh, that's Bill. Uh, you could uh, change that to possibly an American wheat. All right. We're getting another one ready. I had a caller before. I wonder if they're still there. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Hello. Hey. Sorry to leave you on hold. Blow hey, the cobwebs I off. I just want to see what, what you guys want on your pizza. Oh, uh, what do you guys want on pizza tonight? I like veggies. Uh, I like uh, veggies. Bell peppers and mushrooms. <sighs> Such California. As long as it comes with some sausage and pepperoni, I'm fine. Pepperoni. Kevin pepperoni. wants some sausage well, in his life. Well, well, don't we used to get two pizzas? Hello? Give me the meat. Yeah, Kevin, I, need the I think you came to the right place if you want sausage. Uh, you know, it can be uh, it's Easter pizza, so I can put I'm some ham on I'm checking my calendar, so like and it's still not Wednesday. Egg and ham. It's Easter yeah. pizza. Oh, that sounds delicious. I <laughs> think if you did a pepperoni on one and you put some green shit for Doc on another, we'd be yeah. in good shape. Or if you halfed it, so you like you did half a personal size on the veggies and the extra. No onions. Doc, you get Are you talking about a personal size sausage? Yeah, thanks, brother. I think we're going to be starving around here after all this tasting, so that'd be great, man. Yeah, should, I, should I just give you guys my credit card number, and you can read it on the air and then order whatever you want? So sure. So get everybody else. That'd be great. That's right, great and give us that little number on the back, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. okay. How do you feel and about helping Nigerian and millionaires? And if you could fax us your signature, <laughs> that would help. And yeah. your zip no, I code. I my penis enlarged. Do you guys do that, too? Uh, Doc oh, yeah. could probably yeah. Uh, point you in the right direction. If it's anything oh, okay. like an ego, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe use this voice. We'll take, you, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll take you out. We're going to have to like you know do some more of that uh, stripper kind of you know, evaluation yes. stuff. That'll that'll penis enlarge you. Are you guys still doing that, evaluating strippers? All the time, baby. Uh, we're working on it, yeah. It's, Poor uh, Well, I know, and it's a, it's a tough job, and it's uh, <laughs> taken a while, but someone has to do it. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Pizza would be great. Hey, switch me over to JP, and he can give me maybe a number or a, a pizza joint you guys like. All right, I'll do it. Hang on a second. I don't have phone numbers. Yeah. Well, you can get some in a minute. Okay. Just right. tell Shut them up, which dog. place it is. All right. Uh, ESB. Is that we're taking? Who's ESB? Is it? Name on the... Uh... Grant. Oh, this is yours, Brent. All right. I had this earlier. I already know it's awesome. I'm going to say right now. You guys pick it apart, but I thought I it was great. Th- I, was really I need more. more I I <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and need some more of that. Uh, still getting, uh, interesting thing about this beer yeah. is that it's old. Brent was telling me it's been yeah. around for a little while. It, it does seem old. Does it taste that way? Well, okay. you kind of get a yeah. the the caramel character changes and becomes fuller and rounder and less um, less fresh. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Tired. Um, okay. Yeah, and and it just it, and it, for lack, it's not a real tasting term, but. Tired. Gets a little musty, a little yeah, basement like. Yeah, yeah, um, and not really funky, but just kind of uh, loose. Yeah, or it's you know it's oxidized and it, and it becomes it, it, it instead of being a point in the beer. Yeah, it's a broad brush across the beer that's um, you know very present. It seems very sweet, but it's not. Uh, yeah. You know, it's there's it's, no it's, brush here. It's just broad spray paint yeah. at three feet. Well, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I imagine this is a great beer at one point. Um, 
know, at this point now, again, I think it's it's showing a little bit of age. The other thing was, um, you know, some of the alcohols in there are a little, little hot and a little, yeah. little solventy in there. Get a little whiny too. You can smell the fusel. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got that this weird kind of sweetness to it. So I'm guessing this fermented kind of hot. A little bit hot. So he lives in Inland Empire. You, talk, you got a mic there. So it probably fermented around 110. Oh, go easy <laughs> on us. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I get I get some hot, you know, and that that English ale yeast, you know, it's fine. It does excellent in the upper 60s, and then you know, maybe up to 70. But if you get let it get up into the 72, 74, 75 range, like a lot of times, it, it gets out of control. You know, you just happen to ruin. You don't expect it to get hot, and you know the weather turns on you, and it gets up in that range, and then you get some of those fusels in there. I think. And that's, I mean, I have a basement, and everything ferments basically in the basement minus my loggers, which I've only made a few of. Um, but typically, the beer will start at 70, and during mm-hmm. fermentation, I'll start looking at the, uh, you know, the side of my carboy, and it starts saying 70, 72, mm-hmm. mixing it at 74, and at that point, I mean, minus dropping it in some cold water and letting the whole thing kind of submerge. Yeah, and the problem it's with just, that is, you know, then the yeast kind of like stop and don't attenuate enough. Okay, so you have to kind of let it go. You go, you're kind of stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't expect it, you know, the, the heat of fermentation to take over and go nutty. Right. And it just. That's why it's nice to start low. Was and, this a lot know, fruitier when it build. first started? Much. You know, but even as recently as the American's Finest City, um, it got first place in the um, in the British category, so. Hmm. Well, it's got a maturity to it that that's mm-hmm. expected in a lot of the commercial examples. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, then uh, John Plisse and I talk all the time about. Yeah, you got to turn it into slightly oxidized beer, and a lot of these categories they do better. Really, when they're really fresh and really good. You enter them, they don't do anything, and then you enter them later on, like you know, a year later, thinking, oh, yeah, this never did anything, but eh, it's kind of oxidized, but it's okay." And you enter it, and it does does great. That's interesting. It's closer to the commercials. Yeah, and it's oh, it's you know it has that you know people a lot of times say oh yeah it's got that English character to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's oxidized. Now we're yeah. talking about the yeah. flavor frames yeah. of tasting the commercial yeah. example. That's funny. We've talked about that even with Heineken, where we said that you know the guys at Heineken know what it tastes like by mm-hmm. the time we get it, and yeah. they plan for that. Like that's what we expect is kind of a skunky Heineken beer, and it's almost like they know that our their American counterparts yeah, that are drinking you know, it. You have that green bottle one, and you have it over in Germany or you know in uh, in, uh, uh, in the Netherlands or whatever, and it's just yeah. you know fantastic. Yeah, but it's not as if they don't know that when we yeah. get it over here, it's skunky. They're just like yeah, hey, whatever the hell you want to drink, they don't yeah. care. <laughs> Go for it. All right, <laughs> so uh, uh, how about some scores on this one? Then did we do that uh, with this beer, and we'll move on to the next. As an ESB, I'd probably in the thirty-two, maybe. Okay, not too, not too shabby. Doc, what do you think? Would you give this guy a score? The ESB here. Uh, thirty, 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 thirty. It's pretty good. Sixty is great. That's a winner. Sixty-nine <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is even better. <laughs> Kevin Pratt, what do you think? I'm still at about twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Okay. Well, everybody's uh, close enough, and uh, I think they're getting another beer ready. I'm going to take another quick break here, guys. Uh, actually, it's not your, you get a bladder problem, not, bladder infection. Yeah, What's going go. on? I need a lot of breaks today. It's just the way it goes. Deal with it, it's everybody. We'll be back. We're going to get through these beers. I'm hoping to end this show by eight thirty because we got the Jamil show coming up at nine tonight, and uh, we're going to uh, give you two hours of the Jamil show, which is uh, our new standard. We'll talk about it's that. Two later, hours so, more uh, than you need. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> 
Hang in there, everybody. Still judging beers. We'll get through them all. We'll be right back. It's the session. Two out. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Sam Finnegan lived in Watlin Street, a gentle Irishman, mighty yard, and a beautiful broke, so rich and sweet, so rise in the world, he carried a heart, see, it's sort of a tipping way, with a love for the liquor fortune was born, help him on with his work every day, hit a drop of the catheter every morning. Next to it, grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex. You're, you're listening to the Brewing Network. There are so many things that I want to say. And the words, they're not coming out right. 
Don't cry, little darling. Come and take my hand. I want to show you something special tonight. I want to share my feelings. I want to show my love. I want to give you a dirty Sanchez. I want to throw you a donkey punch. I want you to give me a Cleveland steamer. Would you like a jelly donut and a hot lunch? Have you ever had an angry dragon? A blumpkin? Have you ever known? I want my dog in your bathtub, and you can play my rusty trombone. Well, a stranger with a western grip can take a golden shower, and tossing a salad with a purple mushroom could get you pretty flowers. A carpet cleaner and a chili dog make everything all right. And my favorite thing that's going on, there's a Compton gangbang tonight. I want a girl that'll do a hot car roll. I want to give you a dirty Sanchez. I want to throw you a donkey punch. I want you to give me a Cleveland steamer. Would you like a jelly donut and a hot lunch? Have you ever ridden on a glass bottom boat? A blumpkin? Have you ever known? I want my dog in your bathtub, and you can play my rusty trombone. Arabian goggles, brown neckties, and corkscrews, tea bagging, dirty swirly. Flying Amazon, flood the cave. Flying camel muff teaser, New York style taco, Bismarck. I want to give you a dirty Sanchez. I want to throw you a donkey punch. I want you to give me a Cleveland steamer. Would you like a jelly donut and a hot lunch? Have you ever had an angry dragon? A blumpkin? Have you ever known? I want my dog in your bathtub. You can play my rusty trombone. And now back to the Brewcaster. Brewcaster. The Brewing Network. Through the competition beers, everybody. It's competition show part two. Trying to judge everybody's beers and uh, get through them all in the time allotted. We want to give you some feedback and we want to give you some scores and we also want to get everybody's beer tasted. So we're going to try to keep going through them and uh, make it happen. What's the next beer that we're doing right here, Doc? Uh, we're going to do the porter. Doing a porter next. Okay. Competition so. show part two. I will give you guys uh, the names as we do them. I know you wanted some like heads up of whose beer is on deck, but uh, how about this? Just uh, stay tuned, and, and it'll show up on deck when when we get to it. That's that's the most advanced notice I can give you. That's the way things are going tonight. So just hang in there, and uh, we're getting to everybody's uh, as soon as we can. We're going to do the porter right now. And is that a Zymergist porter? All right, so. Uh, from now on, no more Zymer, just beers. Well, that's what we had to uh, kind of cut down the list a little bit. Okay. And then I saw he had like a, a doppel in the strong 
Golden Belgian. Yeah, I don't want to judge any more of his beers, only because I want to get to everybody's beer. I know. So uh, we'll do this last one, um, and then anything that is from Simon just on that list, we'll just drink afterward and send him an email about how much we enjoyed it. So uh, we'll do other listener beers other than that, but uh, we had to get to a porter here, and... Um, Jamil's already doing some evaluation of it there. 888-401-BEERS, our number. You can join JP in the chat if you have any questions that you want to ask uh, to the esteemed panel that we have here. And uh, anything about competition is kind of the way to go. I think on uh, Zymer just Porter and on his Vienna and on his, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, overbittering. That or he's using the wrong uh, formula for his uh, bittering determination or... He's using recipes that have a, a certain bittering level and suggested amount of bittering, and then uh, he's getting different utilization because they're, they're too, very much very utilization. Little, too much sulfate in his water. Okay, if he's adding gypsum, it's going to make it, it could pull it up. Although long, in the first one, I would have said there here. wasn't enough. But well, I, I get I get almost a minerally bitterness. Yeah, I thought the first mm-hmm. one was fine; it was just too sweet. But on uh, the the Vienna, it was too bitter, and this one's got a bitterness that goes through. Keeps going and going and going, so it's it's a little too bitter. Okay, score. Uh, you know, I'd give this uh thirty-two. Yeah. All right, Kevin Pratt, we think thirty, thirty, thirty-two. 32. Yep. All right. Everybody's in there, so we can uh, keep it moving right along. We'll do another one. And Zymer just was really cool. Uh, what's the next beer, that, uh, kind of beer that we're, we're going to do? We're going to do a stout. stout. It's a stout. Awesome. Zymer just was really cool because he sent me, uh, like, his whole box of, uh, of beers, and he gave me extras of some of them. So he sent, like, a barley wine, for example, and he gave me one to keep around, too, that we could age. So we'll taste it after the show, and uh, if it's a goodie, we'll go ahead and age that other one, too. He sent me some other interesting ones, too. And he, like I said, he named every one of his beers... Uh, uh, after something that was going on in the show. Yeah, what's so, that, Porter? That this Cleveland was, Steamer. Yeah, was, some of them were like <laughs> that. Uh, this one was Rat Bastard Porter. Rat so, Pad. Uh, yes, thank you. Rat Pad. Uh, so that was kind of that was kind of cool. So what um, kind of stout is this? Pastor? It's an American stout. American stout. And this is the one I think that the guy sent. Oh no, that does have a name on it, doesn't it? Oh, uh, this is Carlos Beer. Carlos, a good guy. Uh, he came out to our uh, downtown Joe's shows and brought us some beer. Wore a then. cool sweater. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit. We did make fun of his sweater. He's a sweater kind of guy. He's sort of like he's like GQ. He is. Yeah, you, you know, can tell. I, you know, he looked better than us, so we had to razz him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's what it was. <laughs> like, really. you know, one of these super attractive guys with all the. <laughs> he's probably driving like the Maserati and gets all the chicks and stuff. I think a cool sweater. I think Jay Z's thought about this. Yeah, oh yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> thought about it for a long time. <laughs> so Carlos is a good dude, and he drove all the way down here from Sonoma to drop his beer off for us. Dropped it off at B three. Which, by the way, if you are a local listener, you could always leave beer at B three. John will make sure that I get it on the show here. Uh, if you want Jamil to taste it or me to taste it or whatever, he'll do that. So this is his American Stout, Category 13E. He has it labeled. Uh, what do you think, Jay-Z? Well, you know, uh, not because I like a sweater, but because uh, I like the beer. Uh, you know, I I, 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 I would uh, maybe go up to a 40 on this. Uh, it needs a little more uh, dryness, a little more roasty, but uh, that's a damn fine beer. American style. It is a on on what planet does and a viney, woody, oxidized flavor qualify as a good American stout? Wow, so you, you're going the opposite, huh? You say uh, no way, Kevin. Taste it again. The, the first thing I got was what you said, and the second taste I got what he said. 
Just it, let, it, let it let it air out a little bit. I do let it air out, but it keeps coming back at every single taste. Taste it again, and then let us know how you really feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> I get viney, woody, east, <laughs> uh, very earthy, very which yeah. I expect some it's earthiness. The, the stuff, hops, hops, and alcohol. That's not and, hops. Uh, that is not a northern brewer that woodiness. That is not uh-huh. any kind of an earthiness that I expect from Columbus or anything else in an American stout. I do get earthy. I don't get any woody, but I'm kind of okay with earthy. I think that's yeah. uh, I like that flavor Absolutely. in a stout. And, and it's it's a complex marriage of of flavors and aspects of hops and the roastiness and the fermentation characters and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of little different things going on in there. But roasty is a, a fine line with a stout, right? You don't want it to be too roasty. Yeah, but you know, an American stout, you can go pretty heavy on the roast. The only thing I would I would ding this for is there's a lot of residual sugars in there still, and uh, you know it, it just depends on 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 what you're looking at. If you're looking at um, you know in the American style, you can you can you can range a little bit further, yeah. but some of them go very dry, okay, and, and bitter, and some of them go more towards the sweet. But there's you know there's still plenty of bitter to back it up, okay. Uh, I would think, um, you know, it's on the upper end of the sweet, but, uh, you know, I think the bitter's there. I think, you know, just a lot of good things are there. I think that's a, I think that's a damn fine beer. All right, Kevin, give your score and go ahead and talk about the flaws that, that you think so that he gets some feedback. Well, okay, I'm ripping on it harder than I probably ought to. No, but, you should, that's but the, fine. Uh, the overwhelming thing here is a green vininess thing. It's like a split green vine. Okay. Um, a woodiness to it that generally is an early characterization of oxidation. It's going to turn cardboard in very short order. Okay. Um, I agree that the rest of the things are there. There's a sweetness there. There is a malt complexity there. There is a roastiness there and that kind of thing. Um, you know, no fault to what Jamil's saying and no fault to what I'm saying, but uh-huh. I may have an oversensitivity to this and Jamil may have a, a blindness to this. That's typical with judges. Okay, sure, and that's actually I'm I'm fine with you guys disagreeing because I think this is this must be what happens in the judging room. So uh, I think this is great. Uh, so he yeah, gave Kevin's like out a on an island by himself. And the rest <laughs> of us agree. Well, what would your score be if if he, Jamil said a forty? And uh, sounds to me like you're nowhere near. That. I'm I'm in the twenty nine thirty category. Did you say forty? Yeah. Okay, and you're in twenty nine thirty eight forty. But I, okay. I, I that could be you know I could be talking around be that in the range. 30. But I could I could go in the forties. Okay, what do you think, Doc? Uh, the first thing I got was uh, a big, strong, yeasty smell at the beginning, yep. and I got a kind of a whiny kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And when I first tasted it, right out of the bottle, I got what Kevin said. It's, it's uh, a woody kind of kind of thing going. And then I, I swirled it around, and more of the, the roasty malt came out and kind of took over that. Uh, I could say maybe it was on some wood for a while. Uh, so was JP. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of wood. Um <laughs> I'm in the 36 range mm-hmm. for this one. Okay. Uh, at first, no, but after uh, the second taste and the second second go around with it, it, it definitely went up. Okay. Quite a bit. And, and Brent, you so were, did I. Brent, you were shaking your head both when right. Doc was talking and when Kevin was talking. So, what do you think about the beer? Shaking my head both in that I I definitely at first impression would have scored it a lot lower than after having you know had some time with it, smelled it a few times, tasted it a couple times. I definitely get the green character in it. Okay. But I'm thinking probably 33-ish, 34, right between those two. Okay. 
All right, so it sounds like you guys would have had to have a little discussion to agree on a score because Jamil was a little bit higher there. A little smackdown. Right about at the five-point range, so you guys might have had to talk and, and kind of agree on something, right, to to figure out what this one does. Yeah, uh, see, yeah, I would have, would have forced it to center around Doc's score. and uh, would have stuck right in there. Yeah, well, yeah. You'd have waited this out. I've watched you do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a 38. You know, and again, this is what we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. Don't go from the very first whiff of a beer and say, oh, well, you know, th- there's something wrong with this. Yeah. You know? yeah. Again, you revisit it. Wait you it go out. back. And, and both Jamil and I are uh, very strong sample, judges as far uh, as, you know. Uh, both Jamil and I are very strong judges as far as opinions. We, I approach things from a pretty technical aspect and from a lot of tasting. Jamil tends to approach <laughs> things from what he brews and what he's, <laughs> what he's tried around the world, which I haven't. So we have entirely different... Aspects of how we we approach. You things, always amaze me, Kevin, by the things you say. What I do? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Carlos no, seriously, we have we're we're both pretty strong judges that way uh-huh. in terms of opinions. So, Carlo, oh, hang on, Carlo, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. I think that Jamil hey, and Carla, great beer. Jamil oh, and Kevin, great are, sweater. Don't, don't listen to the rest of these. these <laughs> great <rounds>. sweater. <laughs> We're gonna fill a small kiddie pool full of vegetable oil and have them wrestle later on. Very nice. That's just for fun, by the way. That's nothing to do with <laughs> that'll that. be off the so, air. Carla, <laughs> Carla, how old is this beer? I uh, made it back in January. Okay. Yes. I was just actually calling to uh, kind of contribute to what you guys were saying okay. at the uh, Gold Country Brewers Fest. I got a 43 from a national judge, a 43 from another, a 40, and then a 36 out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah, it's a great beer. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, does it? I want to ask this because I think the beer is obviously complex. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of things going on. So, does this sort of discussion tend to be the case with complex beers because it's hard to interpret? Well, okay. Here's one of the things with American Stout. American Stout can be a fairly high alcohol beer, and it's going to get some whiny notes to it with that higher alcohol. It's going to get you know uh, a lot of different flavors going on with a lot of the intense roast. You're going to hop it fairly high on the bitterness, and you're going to get those earthy, woody tones out of those hops. Because uh, hops are uh, a plant matter, and you're going to get a lot of that character when you bitter heavily with hops. And uh, I, you know, I I thought it was great. I think it, it works that way. And I I look at those those characters as in a bigger beer being acceptable. Okay. And I and I I think that's in a lighter beer, no, you can't do that. But in a bigger beer, you're going to have all those things. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they all seem to say that uh, the one thing that they. Uh, didn't care for. They said it was too bitter. Almost all the judges said the same thing. No, if you have like a rogue or a uh, or a, uh, a Sierra Nevada, it's far more bitter than that. I wouldn't yeah. say it was too bitter. I think okay. the only thing you got there is a little bit uh, too much residual sweetness, if anything. Hmm. Uh, okay, it's a little a little sweet. But again, that's on that's within the range. There yeah. are some st- some commercial examples like that. I only Thank get the, I only get the kind of strong bitterness sort of well after the first taste too. Kind yeah. of, it lingers around. So American Stout is a bitter stout. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at like a Guinness, you're talking 35, 40 IBUs. You know, okay. American Stout. You know, uh, foreign extra. You know, it should be even more bitter than a foreign extra a lot of times. Okay. So I, I, I that they thought it was too bitter. I think is. The, the commercial examples well encompass the bitterness you have there. I wouldn't change a thing on it. I, I think it's fine. Now, is, oh. the, is the Gold Country the only other place you've entered it? 
Yeah, that was the only one. Um, I am still thinking about entering into the Nationals just to see what happens. Yeah, enter in the Nationals. Go ahead. Do yeah, it, absolutely. and I think the other thing about this is if it's sort of a controversial beer, like uh, like Kevin was saying earlier too, you should enter in a few competitions just to take the overall feedback instead of just. Well, from a Carlo, I, I think you ought to enter everything you're brewing, really, in, in the nationals. Yeah. All right, I got a MyBock that's going to go in, I, and an I, IPA uh, that I just the, the got the stuff you the more the I've tasted from you has all been really good. So okay. if I put one, put on one of those kind of uh, fancy sweaters you got, you think my beer's going to get better? <laughs> You're make, making some chicks. Well, yeah. and and the interesting thing is, um, didn't you enter like your first one last year was like in the Belgian cat some something in the Belgian category? And you were like, ah, I'm not really sure, and you entered it and you won. You got yeah. a medal in the second round. Really? Yeah, yeah, I won second round. That yeah. was pretty surprising. Did you? No, really? so all your beers are turning out really good. Just enter them all. Hey, I've never gone to the second don't, round. Don't hesitate. Just yeah. enter them. Okay. Will do. The more the merrier, man. Thanks yeah. for the beer, Carlo. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, you guys. Great all right. feedback. So right. it's all sweaters. Cheers. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> yeah. Dog loves the sweater. Send, send us all sweaters, could please. You, could you send us a sweater care package? Oh, yeah. We were wondering. <laughs> could you wrap the sweater in some beer, please? What's this next beer? Yeah, what is Saison. Saison. Uh, who's, is this Mike's? Saison. All right, beautiful. I had the bottle in front. Is that the bottle there? All right. We'll try that. Uh, lots of beer to get through still, everybody. So hang right. in there. We're going to get to your beers. So again, kind of a low mid thirties beer. Okay. It's smoky. There's like a smoky note to it. Is it real? aroma wise? And then um, phenolics. I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think that you know, kind of the flavor is pretty good otherwise, and uh, but not quite dry enough. It's got a uh, sourness to it too, but it's not quite dry enough. I think. And I'm so, in the same area, and it's. Not so much the sourness, I'm okay with that part, but it's not quite enough Pilsner malt character to it. What's the difference between, while Doc's thinking about his evaluation there, um, a Belgian wit and a Saison? Oh, huge difference. Huge. Is there, are they completely like different? Really? Yeah. Because sometimes, uh, I know that a Belgian wit shouldn't be sour in any way, and a, and a Saison can be a little bit. Sometimes it's, it's a different kind well, of sour. They, they, you know, they're, they're, the guideline will say that uh, Belgian wit can be tart, uh, which is another way of saying slightly sour. Okay. Um, you, you can get that from the uh, on Malta wheat. Belgian, Belgian wit is going to be a, a, a lower alcohol beer. It's going to be... Um, very, uh, you know, it uses a lot of unmalted wheat, unmalted oats. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be really cloudy. It's a uh, white beer. It's got a huge, fluffy, giant head on it. And yeah. uh, a very, and, and and while it'll have some phenolics, some, um, uh, some, some spicy, peppery, some citrus, yeah, uh, some herbal notes like that. What that's going to be is very subtle and kind of a background thing. Okay. Right? It's not something that comes out. And, and the, the big problem with the vast majority of uh, home-brewed or amateur-brewed uh, Belgian wit beers is that they're way too spicy, way overdone. Okay. Uh, you know, just way too much stuff going on in them. And if you if you have the, the, the best examples in, in Europe, they are, you know, it's a much softer, subtler yeah. uh, uh, character from those, from the yeast and from the spice additions and, and uh, you know, very light and refreshing and... Uh, you know, just a it, it'll have a, a bit of a, a, a viscous mouth feel almost to it from the oats, mm-hmm. but sure. again, a crisp finish and not sweet, not uh, not overly phenolic, not okay. overly bitter. Saison, um, 
should be bone bone dry. Okay. And uh, you know, uh, I think a, a considerable considerably more phenolic than a wit beer. And is it those that the phenol? Because you can uh, a saison to me has some spices to it, but it's yeast spice, right? Yes. It's not like you're adding spices right. like you do a wit. Right. Right. Okay. So that's kind of a. Uh, I mean, that's a major difference too. Right yes. There. Okay. All right, fair. Because I'm not saying I confuse the two, but I consider the two kind of, you know, I've had both. Uh, people said, hey, here's my wit. And I go, wow, it tastes like a Saison. <laughs> or someone says, here's my Saison. And, well, it could have been a wit. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I was asking the question. Okay. Uh, Doc, your uh, uh, score on this one, what do you think? Uh, 32, 33. Okay. Anything uh, particularly wrong uh, with it? I, I look for it to be, well, the phenolics is there. I look for a little more spiciness to it, and but... But that will show through if it was a little more dry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So well, that's a good point. When you, when you dry it down, the spiciness really, really yeah. shines through. It's, it's kind of peppery, which is nice. It's a it's, that's an excellent point about um, you know spiciness, roastiness, uh, you know hoppiness. All those when you dry out a beer, they all tend to you know pop to the surface yeah. more. And I think you know Carlo's beer. That's one of the things I think maybe the roastiness would come through a little bit more uh, with a little less sweetness. It's like, you know, adding, I keep saying, sugar to coffee. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem quite as bitter and sharp and roasty. It seems less roasty. Okay. You know, even though the roastiness is the same. Yeah. It's kind of, this Saison's kind of stinky. And not even just in the aroma, but even... Sit the, next to JP. I don't right? know how to yeah. say it, but even the flavor, no, the, it's the fr- sourness, it's, it's, it's kind of fr- stinky. It's, it's phenolic, it's band-aid-y. It's, yeah, it was it's like that, a smoky a, note yeah. to it, too. But it, it's... Initially, anyways. It's the spiciness. It's strong. Yeah. It's really... Str- it's it's kind almost of a, kind of peppery. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a little pepper. There's a little little stank. Little. Uh, by the way, little, I think stank little, should little, be little feety in there. I, I like it's, the way yeah. your yeah, I like yeah. the way your lip goes up a little a bit little when you stank. say stank. Because <laughs> it's not because I it, because if I were to say that something just stinks, that means it's bad. No, but but, but a little stank that so it's not awful. Yeah, it, you had that little grin going yeah, on when you said that. It's a characteristic, I think. Yeah, I just a, don't know how better to describe good, it. It's a good thing. yeah. <laughs> it's a little footy though, right? Footy. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Fun. Good point. All right. Uh, All right. Next beer, Brent. Be, uh, just give a score. Uh, we'll go to the next beer. But I uh, think I heard Mike just say "pussy." <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little pussy taste to it. Maybe that's what it's spicy. It, how, would, how would you know, Justin? How would you know? I'm trying to remember. It's so far away. You <laughs> found some old sheets. I think it's yeah. <laughs> I love the pepperiness of it, and I would probably go upper 30s. I'd probably you know, given the panel, you know, from from uh, from Doc's score, I'd probably go 37ish, 36ish. Okay, but I'd I'd like to go a little bit higher. I just I really think the saison is pretty. Pretty fantastic. Pretty nice. Okay. See, like based it. on that, I would, you know, I'd be like, okay, you know, he seems passionate about. It. I'd probably go up a couple of points. Okay. I, I'd, I'd offer to say, oh, okay, well, if I was at what thirty-two. Okay, I, I could see going to thirty-four. Now, okay. now, I, I brought a saison. I brought two saisons myself, and I'm tasting mine against, uh, you know, Mike's, yeah. and mine is just, I mean, mine's like a Budweiser in, in, in comparison. It's just so nice. light and just so, I mean. Yeah, it's just it's just so watery in comparison. Okay. That uh, yeah, I picked up some pointers just now. So yeah, but you know they the they need to on. finish really dry. They do, they do. You know, and I think the, you know the homebrew thing is to, to to make them a lot sweeter and finish a lot thicker, and because mm-hmm. the yeasts that we use tend to not really do a very good job. Okay. And it like I told Mike, my first version it was just that I mashed too high. I need to mash, mm-hmm. you know, at least for this one, probably 146, 148. Yeah, exactly. Really exactly. keep it low and so keep I can it get just, all that attenuation then, going through. Yeah, if you finish out a 1001, there you go. Oh, That's a Saison. You really? Know, or, you that know, low. You should yeah, be in the low. single digits. Okay. Well, I know people that have brewed them up in the 90 degree range, 85, 90 degree. Yeah, 85 well, tends to be the best uh, 
best temperature just to get the finish well, out. And you know, you know what? I've I've just run a bunch of experiments on saison yeast, and uh, Ross, when he came out, he he's a big saison fan. We talked a lot about the, the differences on the saisons and the yeast and all that. And if you if when when that yeast gets up to ninety, it shuts down. It just stops fermenting. If you cool it back down, it starts back up again. And, and its limit is like 86 or 87. It won't go past that. And it, it really does not like the heat past that. And when you do ferment like that, you get a really big pineapple out of the uh, White Labs. Giant pineapple. Okay. And uh, the the Ooh, yeah. trick, I think, is you know going with a much uh, lower... <laughs> a much lower... <laughs> We just said. Lower fermentation temperature to start, and then ramping it up towards yeah. the end. On uh, almost at any Belgian beer. That's a, uh, so true. I like to start around 68, 69. Again, I enjoy I 69. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> on the Saison, and then I slowly ramp it up to about 80, 82. Uh, as it starts to slow, I ramp it up. And, uh, you know, that is really just to get, get it to keep going the most, the, the, the most attenuative yeast, the ones that don't flocculate early, you want to get those as active as possible towards the end, and you know keep them going and make them do as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, most people. And that like, is a really good if flavor. They've started out at a lower temp and ramped it back up. They don't just start out at ninety. It's just oh yeah yeah yeah. They yeah, ramp yeah, it up yeah. just, just to keep it going. Yeah. I've even talked to you know, Chris White about it, and he says it just starts to peter out at the right. end. You know okay, that's I, I, they're they've got a saison too. And I think that's the yeast to use from White Labs, yeah. the Saison too. I, I, if you're going to use, let me put it this way: if you're going to use the regular Saison, the five sixty-five, I think it is, from White Labs, um, make sure that uh, you pitch. And I'm generally don't do this, but make sure you pitch um, another yeast uh, to finish it up at the end, okay. uh, Champagne yeast or Calio yeah. yeast or whatever. Okay. Um, I've done that too. Uh, I've uh, done the, the Saison yeast, got it up to her, and it just didn't dry it out enough. And then about yeah. two thirds of the way through, I pitch another yeast into right, it right, just right. to dry it out. Right, we're getting the other beer ready. Uh, it's a creek, if I remember right. And uh, it's funny, I just want to point out that Brent, uh, man after any true beer drinker's heart, pops the, uh, the cork on this thing, it starts good. to Look overflow. Good. And uh what does he do? Shoved it right in his mouth. Takes it right to the head. You don't let that stuff spill out, man. You nope. go, you drink it. That a boy, Brent. I like to see it. Very good, good work. You are a steward among stewards, my oh, friend. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, try it. Twenty-five. Right off the right off the bat, there, huh? What's wrong? I'm at about twenty-five. Twenty-five also. Okay, Doc. I go lower. I go twenty-two. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I, it's cherry, but it's not a creek. Yeah, you need a lot more cherry to it. There's a lot more cherry and a lot so, more sour and a complex sour to it. Yeah. How much? However much cherry you're putting in, double that. Okay. <laughs> There's Triple a vinyl that. to and, the and aroma. And then maybe even yeah. some uh, cherry extract. And a vinyl. Kevin was saying. Yeah. Or even the problem with cherry extract is it tastes like. Cough syrup. Well, you don't want to put all in. Right, there. exactly. You want exactly. to put mostly fruit, and yeah. then just and then just bo- bolster it up. Boost it with a. You need the tannins of the skin, and you need the vanilla from the seeds. Mike, if you're out there, this is your beer, not McDole. Who's also out what with us, arsenic in the seeds, Mike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need the arsenic. Need some of that. Yeah. <laughs> Rounds that almondy flavor to it. All right, so more cherries, huh? 
Yeah, way more cherries, and, and it's it's not sour enough. Yeah, the saison was more sour than this. Yeah, I don't. I hardly get any yep. sourness. This is at all. sweet, like a uh, like a Lindemans or well, not, at least even, Lindemans has a sour. Yeah, shape. but it, it's right. very it's very um very light, but uh, it just doesn't have enough backbone to it. Yeah, the thing to do on a on a lambic uh, fruit lambic is to brew a good lambic. You know, so it's going to take you a year to brew a good lambic. I mean, yep. it, it it takes. That long for it to sour and get the develop the right kind of uh, bread character and all yeah, that. Not even a little bit longer. Yeah, at least a year, two years, and then you add the fruit. Mm. There's a perpetual lambic project that goes on in uh, Placerville up here, oh. and they find that at about two years out, everything kind of works its way into good. All right, Next I got beer. that chemical thing too. You said vinyl, Kevin. Yeah, I could go with that. I didn't know what to put my my finger on it, but it was a little chemically something in there. It's a little Just thin. Imagine what it's like with, when you're having and, sex uh, and that smell of vinyl. I have no idea. I can't uh, you know exactly. Slow down. Mean? Trying to remember. Wow. <laughs> smell vinyl. Slow down. All right, let's go on to the next hey, one. Eight 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 four zero one beer is the number. You can join JP in the chat room if you have any questions. We're going to get through the last couple of them, and um, then we're going to do. Uh, an actual flight where we will rank four IPAs because that's what we have. And then we're going to call it a night until, of course, the Jamil show comes up, which is going to be right about 9 p.m. tonight. Right when, Jamil, I'm going to have you know right now my commitment. Uh, Sopranos, man. Last nine episodes start tonight at 9. Sweet. And, I'm, and I, I might just hit the play button and and leave <laughs> until, like, the break. I'm going to schedule the break. Oh, thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad my show is so important to you and the commitment to quality last that you bring seasons. to the show. I mean, last nine episodes, man. How oh am I going to throw God. things to you to take a break? You do have something called a DVD. Uh, no, no, baby. Like no, you're months. a fucking dumbass because I gotta wait, I'm gonna wait two years for the last TiVo? nine episodes two years. to come out. You ever heard of TiVo? I for have, Augustus. and you have to afford to pay for the box to get the TiVo. You said uh, so box. no. Uh, no, have, I got, I've got a one-time shot here and I'll you catch cable? a rerun during the week. Cable? Do you even have tape? I do have cable. They usually they'll give you a free box. They will not you even give have me a friends free. to do this for you? for the box. That's because it's you. Yeah, exactly. They know you don't need any box. They, they're they're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they're so wrong. Um, okay, we're doing another one from Paul here. And, this is uh, uh, Rogan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just called Rye Beer. Yeah. Well, he put both on the uh, the tag. He put Rogan Beer and Rye Beer on it. This is from Paul again. Um, what else we got lined up? What are you guys going to taste next? I want to know because I want to make sure you're not Don't drinking you the same. Okay, if this is a, a Rogan beer, like a German rye beer, yeah. it's way too clean. There's not, it's missing the uh, banana, clove, you know, traditional Weizen, uh, uh phenolics and esters. I, I was going to wonder if I had to taste too many beers because I couldn't taste them. I know it tastes really flat to me. It's like mm, I'm missing things. All right. I think the grain bill that's in there. And the brewing process that's in there is fine if it was uh, fermented with the uh, a hefe yeast. Okay. Um, other American than that, rye. Uh, American rye. Would there be such a thing? Well, there is yes, such there a is. thing, but uh, even this is not it's quite a fair. counterpoint to American wheat. So American yeah. me- wheat made with American with rye, but not quite this clean. Score. Was a Rogan. Twenty-three or four. There's nothing horribly wrong with it. I'd just go twenty-five. Okay, Doc. I was thinking twenty-three because 
there's nothing horribly wrong with it. It's just not style. It's not the style. It's, it's there's. I don't know if it's any style. Right, and 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 if you're going the cleaner route, then uh, there is a, like a little uh, uh, plasticky phenol in there, which is a little odd. Okay. So one way or the other, would you uh, put it somewhere else? I couldn't put it anywhere else. I don't. Think no so. other category. You don't think so? Okay. Where would you, where would you put it? Yeah. No, I don't know where I'd put it. That, that, I think that's what, what dragged the score down. Yeah. Some, because <laughs> okay. It's a clean beer, but th- it doesn't fit that style. It doesn't fit any style. I'm so also what, missing the kind of tartness that I expect from rye. Yeah, or, or, or the spiciness, spicy, peppery, the spicy yeah. peppery thing. I didn't get any yeah. of that. It's another Rogan beer. <clears throat> okay. All right, let's move to the next one. Whose Rogan beer is this one, then, that you just gave me here? This is Christian A. Sierra's. Okay. How many listener beers we got over there that were sent to me that we got to get through? You remember? I'd say we're probably in the three to four. Okay. Again, either um, my tongue is completely fallen out of my mouth, or this is really, really clean. I get um, a little more, a little more of the rye note out of it, but I'm not getting much yeast signature. I get a, a, a hot alcohol, a plasticky. I get a, a hot ferment on this one. I'll agree with that. Yeah. There yeah. is some banana in the background. Really late in the finish. A lot of mouthfeel on this. It's very uh, thin beer, too. It's a candy flavor. Mm-hmm. I just, I realized, I just, yeah, I, I, I just lied. Uh, Christian and I both made this at a Labor Day party. Hmm. And we split five, five, and five. We made ten gallons of it. Split it five and five. This is the one that I happened to ferment at home. I see. We both fermented it. He put his into a keg. It was gone in probably three weeks. I have maybe five more left. Um, what was interesting was in the brewing network. You guys were talking a long time ago about like rye, certain types of rye or certain types of grains. If you don't ferment them over one twenty two, you get beta glucanase and it gets real thick and syrupy. Mm. And so you got to do a rest at one twenty two and then keep going up. We didn't do that with this one. And so for me, my my characteristic flaw for this one was it was always too thick. It's kind of thick. It's like a cotton candy or like a, yeah. a caramel candy, yeah. some kind of. Yeah. But I like it. What was the? Yeah, I like it too. Actually, you, you know what's right? interesting about that about that thickness and that 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 uh, viscosity that you get. It's not appropriate to a commercial example, but you know, judges when they're when they're looking for something, it's like oats and oatmeal stout. I keep saying, you know, you really don't taste the oats and oatmeal stout. You get a little bit of it, and it's more of a background, maybe earthy kind of character. But judges are looking for oatmeal cookies. And they want it to just boldly stand out. Yeah. So on a beer like this, having a viscosity like that, oh yeah, the rye has added a bit, a touch of, you know, viscosity. But you see it as like, wow, it's like, you know, snotty almost, you know, it's so thick. But, uh, you know, in a flight, that'll do you well. Yeah, okay. Which is not necessarily, you know, the best thing, but, you know, in amongst 10 other beers with some additional body from the rye, you know, this would stand out. He scores well then because of that. Which is the it difference between building a beer for a competition and building a beer to drink? Yeah, you know, I still think you know, build a beer to drink. You know, brew the best beer you can that you really enjoy, and yeah. then figure out what style it fits in and enter it there. This is a competition okay. show. 
<laughs> Just get you guys back on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a, you know, trying to go big, trying to go, you know, over the top. I don't think it always works well, for I'm not looking, it, I'm know, not looking at that. I'm looking at staying within style, not mm-hmm. necessarily what's going to win. Mm-hmm. And you guys are always talking about you got to go, you got to wow the judges. You got to kind of anticipate their palate fatigue. You got to do all this kind of. Yeah, thing. but That's if you start, if you're the first beer out of the gate and you're anticipating palate fatigue, you're well, gonna kill them. Whenever you're the first, first, first one out of the gate, you're gonna lose. Oh no 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 no! You're gonna get scored lower than you should have. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I've come back and and awarded if first you, place to for the if first. If you can come back mm. and, and go through that again, but just generally as humans. We don't give our best score. Oh, to the well, first I would agree that the the first beer gets scored lower than it should, often when it when it's a really great beer. Right, it yeah. gets scored lower than it should. Right, Absolutely. but that doesn't stop it from placing. I'm not saying play, I'm not, it's still gonna. If it depends on the rank of when you come out of the chute. Yeah. Uh, back when I was competing in karate, it was the same thing. You you would hate you you draw numbers and whoever got to go out shoot first. Oh. Especially when you're doing style, yeah, uh, you're doing kata, you don't want to be the first one out at all, and you don't want to be the last one. Well, out. Um, you know, it, 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 it depends it, now on, if, if on one certain. Or two point, well, if one yeah. or two points can do it, and we're going down to the, the best beers, in the I end. would, I, I would rather be the first beer or the last beer, always. Okay. It depends on. I, I, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be if the first beer or the last. If there's a great beer in a flight, whether it's first, middle, yeah. or last, the judges are going to go back to it. They're going to score relative. If they can, all if, the other beers relative. Uh, to that let me let me beer. let me give can, you a little story here, though. It? Harold Gobranson, he brews these great 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 beers, and one of the beers he was brewing one time was a smoked hefeweizen. And I'm thinking smoked hefeweizen. You know, who's crazy enough to brew a smoked hefeweizen? That doesn't make sense. It's a you know a bad mix. It was beautifully balanced. And I asked him about it later. You know, I found out it was his beer. And I said, you know, smoked heffa, I wouldn't think that would work. He goes, I brew smoked heffa because in the smoked beer category, you really want to be first. Because otherwise, people get blown out by the smoke of the other beers. They can't taste smoke anymore. And when they get to your beer in the middle of the pack or late in the pack, they go, no smoke. What's wrong with this beer? So he's like, by brewing a smoked heffa, I'm always first. Yeah, they want to taste it first. And you taste it. It's a beautifully made beer. And sure enough, at places, and he, you know, he always wants to be first. You either always want to be first, or you always want to be last. Everything yeah. in between, yeah, you know, with, nobody uh, likes to be the middle. With child. smoked beers, and to a limited extent, I was a middle songs, child. I uh, point exactly. advocate kind of a different judging style where you. <laughs> I was Peter Brady. You start by judging the aroma of all the beers, and you start with the lightest to the most aggressive. And you kind of write all the score sheets as you go, and then you go back and discuss them all. It's it's a different approach, but it's one that tends to be more fair. Yeah, that is a more fair. If you can go back and rediscuss things, sure, and, and, and it is do more that. fair. Yeah, but if you're just coming out there and all it's all raw scores from the get go. So is this our first you, IPA, or yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but not in the. Is this of the flight? Is it? Are you starting the IPA flight? This the was flight, a late edition, right? The flight has gone from three to four. I mean, sorry, from four to three. 
All right, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to – I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to the phones. Let's start judging the flight. Yeah, do it, and then we'll talk about the flight as a whole. Let's pour all three. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones, and then when we come back, uh, we'll we'll have them do this at the break too, and that should pretty well get us through the listener beers. I'll make sure that we haven't missed out on anybody in particular. I had HH on the phone. You still there, HH? Yeah, I'm here still, yeah. What's happening, brother? Oh, I'm trying to stay awake. Hey, good for you. (laughs) You No, but, yeah, seriously, though, uh, I have to say that this is one of the best shows that I've ever heard on the Brewing Network. Wow, that's uh, you must be high. No. No, well, no, I'm taking Quaaludes. I was going to say how's your shoulder how's your shoulder doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, no, actually I think that uh really we're getting out everything that we intended to do, which is let people know what happens at the judging table. So I'm stoked about that. And yeah. Everyone's getting their beer evaluated. Anything else? What's happening in Boonville, man? It's awesome. Um well, I was calling in to ask the panel there. Uh and everyone else, mm-hmm. for that matter. How many of you all out there are going to come to the Bo- Beer Fest on May 5th? The Boonville year? Beer Fest. I, you know, I was talking about this earlier today. Uh, Doc's not going to make it. He's in SoCal with the with the family. Bummer. Uh, same as last year. It's like his family weekend down there or something. Yeah. Well, l- l- last year I went to the Southern Cal Homebrew Fest. Oh, okay. And this year it's uh, the dental convention. I have to go do that because I've got to make some, you know. Yeah. Some appearances. JP, are you going to it this year? Yes. You are going. Sure, I'll go. I haven't decided yet. I had a great time last year. It's not that it's not a lot of fun. I just got a lot of things happening around that time. I don't know if I can make it or not. Oh, I wish yeah, I was going. Sure. If, I, if I could cancel my trip, I'd go out. You're not going, Jamil. What are you talking about? Who are you making fun of? Oh, you're home, uh, you. face. You're home coloring Easter eggs three months late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had a great time last year. Uh, I'm going to try to make it. It's a good festival to go to. If you don't know about the Boonville Beer Fest, you go up there. It's a craft brew festival, not a homebrew thing. But uh, then you camp out because you got to drive to the middle of nowhere for it, but everybody then camps out there that night and has a big party. It's a good time. So, uh, of course, you're going to be there, HH, because now you work for the folks, huh? Yeah, I'll be there for sure uh, with my bells on and whistles and everything else, you know. Your arm going to be in a sling? Uh, arm going to be in a sling? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh, this sounds like a dirty conversation yeah, between I the two know. of them. No, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, you know, you know. No, he's supposed to have some <laughs> so- shoulder surgery. Is your arm in a sling? You know what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Good heads up. Uh, Boonville Beer Festival. Look it up online. You can find out the day. Was it May 5th? May 5th. May Cinco 5th. de Mayo. Stay overnight to May 6th, I think. And uh, it's a good time up there. So, JP, you're definitely going? Uh, yes, I think we are having a booth there. Um, I don't know who I will be with from Beer, Beer, More Beer, but uh, I'll okay. be there. All right, we'll figure it out. All right, thanks, HH. Right on. Thank you, guys. Cheers, brother. All right, we're going to take a uh, quick break here. When we come back, we're going to give you the results of this flight of IPAs. So this will be the official part of judging. This is what happens. I'm going to make these guys score the IPAs, pick a winner, uh, just so that you know exactly what happens in the competition thing. So hang in there. Quick break. We're going to wrap things up when we come back. Buddy, better fix that door. You better get out of my general store. You sold me one, you can sell me one more. Well, I ain't gonna tell you no beer no more. Hey, why? Don't you think about it. Might as well try. I'm a pretty lady, think I'm giving me the eye. I'm not so 
pig. You do that shit.
snort out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> The home of Lodge Beer Radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
right, just wrapping things up here. We're getting through our uh, last flight of beers, and then we did miss a pale ale that you guys are going to have to go back to, so uh going to have to crack her up after the IPAs. All right, fine. I do apologize to the pale ale guy that we didn't do it first. But, yeah, uh, pale but ale guy. Got lost in the mix there, so uh, we'll get it in there and make sure everybody gets tasted. 888-401-BEER is our phone number. Zymer just is on the phone with us right now. Our panel of judges is just finishing up uh, judging the flight of IPAs they just did. I'm going to make them uh, pick a winner and talk about every one of them briefly, and that's going to about do it for us. Zymer, just what's happening, my brother? Uh, nothing much. I'm just sitting here drinking my IPA, waiting for the judges, and depending on the results, you know, I might set a contract out on them and have them all wasted <laughs> that, or I'm going to send them more beer and have them get wasted that way. Yeah, you're like me. I'm the same way, although I wouldn't send beer. I would just send out the contract on them. I want to point out, Zymer just, I talked earlier that he sent us a whole bunch of beer, which I really appreciate, but also judges the crackers and the cheese and stuff that you've had in between uh, your oh, yeah. tastings. That's all from Zymer just too. He sent a whole care package to down with his beer, Sweet. and yeah, it was really, job, and, 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 thank you, and dude, it really worked out great because uh, I needed something for them to clean their palates, and I only uh, had water, and so the crackers <laughs> were awesome. Um, and I love I, a good cracker. Well, you did, you did throw out all that old cheese, though. I did. So it's your fault. Uh, so I wanted to thank you uh, personally for that, and on the judge's behalf because uh, you helped them out through the whole tasting with what you sent. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, don't forget the beaver mustard, too. That'll really help clean your palate. Yeah, I didn't show them that. You sent a... Yeah, it was enough with the smoked... Cheese, cheese and the, and the salami. <laughs> salami. And, but he sent this beaver sweet mustard stuff. But then what was the other... Sweet he sent beaver. us a beaver? What was yeah, the bet. other tuba stuff that you sent? Oh, that's Wasabi? Uh, cream. What, what is it? Utter cream. Oh, utter, utter cream. That's utter cream. Put on cow's teeth when you milk them so they don't get chafed. Oh, it's oh, for JP. I see. That goes up, goes well on toast. It goes on our hands or something. I'm glad that you said that because I was going to put it on toast or something, and now I know just to, <laughs> now I know I just keep Why it on my nightstand. Yeah, fair enough. Well, JP, I'll share. You get you. Thank you. Regions you get some sore teats. I bet it makes good keg lube. Rubble utter cream on yeah. it. Real good keg lube. All right, we got to finish up our tasting, just but the beer has been great that you sent, and I appreciate you sending that, and um, I'm going to keep drinking it. <laughs> well, I just hope that uh, they taste my beer last, because I'm afraid that if they taste my beer first, you know, they won't be able to taste the other beers. Well, let I, me let me guess. Your beer's number two. No. this flight. Hey, well, number two, that's the asshole, dude. <laughs> there you go. No, in well, fact, I'm, I'm not going to tell you which one is his until we're done with the evaluation. All right. Well, the one, four, three, two is the way I rank them. Okay. Oh, that's the fourth one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at one, three, four, two. Scott just made a really funny joke, by the way. And I and I could go that way, too. One, three, four, two. Okay. Uh-huh. Brent? Three, one, four, two. Okay. Yeah, I could go that way, too. Sure. No, I'm I'm one. I can four, go either way. Yeah, you can. <sighs> one, four, three, two, exactly. One, four, uh, three, which is what Jason said down. first. Hands yeah. down. That's the same thing I have. Zyme is number three. Zyme are just his beer is the third one, which there is you go. got second place. Which is yeah, nice. yeah which would third, be, uh, which would be second place. Yeah, it was, it was really close to the first place too. Well, Brent yeah. gave you first place. He started with three. Oh, thank you. He started with yours, but uh, I guess if they have to now talk and agree, you end up in third place. <laughs> I, well, let's see who who had number one as, as well, first. Now number one was a late entry too because I just picked yeah. it up from B three today. Um, okay. It was so, it was Denny Denny Morton. His so we had cool. we, three of us had number one as first, right? Yes. 
So I guess that gives it the, unless that you guys would, have to would, now fight about it. That would it. tend to be first place then, right? All yeah. right. Uh, and uh, then w- what would have been next? So second place is either number three or number four. Okay. I think that most of you guys said you were the four only one judged as the second, four place. As oh. second place. Oh, is that right? Oh, so huh? Doc what? said three. And and uh, Brent has uh, and Brent three, has a three. As, as his first. And Kevin has Kevin, a three. All right, so let's go three would be no, the second place. Okay, so that's you, Zymergist, with your uh, Deuce X IPA is number is is second in the flight. And uh, the the f- number four beer would be third place. I think everybody could agree with that. And the fourth place beer would be number t- number two. Okay, the fourth beer is the only beers that were sent to me without a name. Okay, so the, if you're out there, you put two labels on them. They were fully labeled. It has a hop. And you know these were all good beers, uh, and and actually for IPAs, I'm very pleased because I've had some really crappy IPAs in competition. I've judged commercial and homebrew IPAs several hundred okay. easily. All right, um, and there's always some really bad ones in there. But number number two, the the problem with number two, it's not a bad beer. It's that there, it's lacking in hop aroma, and it's exceedingly bitter. Okay. For even for an IPA. Lenny, that's your beer if you're out there listening the they're I talking got, about I, I, yours. I, I thought it was a really great beer. Uh but it was it, it's pushing the envelope on bitterness and not being balanced enough yeah. with anything else. It just, it's, it's, I just took another sip of it and it's still lingering. Does it make a difference if mine's a double IPA? No. No, it doesn't make a difference. It's it's oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad beer by any stretch of the of the mean uh, and, and oh, it, no, I thought no, it was really close between obviously. first and second. Okay. Do we need a second bottle to find the double? <laughs> what I was what I was going to say about my voting number three first. So Zimmer, just you got my vote. Is that well, I did see I did see the alcohol content on that, and I figured it was a double IPA. Yeah. But when I evaluated, if I were judging, I wouldn't know that. It would just come to me as an IPA. That's right. And so I looked at them just independently. Which one did I like the best? Out okay. Of the four. So. Oh, fair enough. And that's good to do. Yeah, his is. It's a 10.5 ABV, 105 IBUs on that Zymer. Just, uh, that juice. could do it. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I haven't had well, it yet. I put Zymer. like five pounds of hops in it. Because of that. It's a, it's a great beer for, for 10.5 and, and all that. That's, uh, that's a really well-made beer. Okay. Yeah, real smooth, real you know, easy drinking for ten and a half percent alcohol and one hundred and five IBUs. Great yeah, job. You know, we're talking yeah. a flight here, and we had to pick first, second, third. Exactly, yeah. and that was and I just wanted the competition experience to come out of it. Yeah, we the, the first one that. is closer to an I, more of an IPA, and uh, you know, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty big too. Right. Would we have put? This uh, is why I had number four a little the, higher because it wasn't quite so big. Would we have put the double IPA in the same flight in competition? Not typically. We wouldn't have. We would have moved it to no, another flight. Well, yeah. no, it would have been in the same flight. It would have? Yeah. As an IPA, right? IPA. there is no English double IPA, IPA in the... Right. English IPA, American double IPA, IPA, double IPA, they're all in the same flight. They are. Okay. Yes. So we would have tasted it just like this. Yes. So although okay, we would have identified it as a as imperial a IPA. Even okay. if even if you had like uh, four or five double IPAs, you wouldn't separate that to a separate flight? No. Well, if you had... Um, generally, you do it along the lines of um, the, the major category. You... If if you're, you know, especially in the nationals where you're doing it by category, you would just break it up and usually give some of the double IPAs, some of the American IPAs, and some of the English IPAs to each judge panel. Uh, if you're running your competition and you wanted to separate out and you had like 12 Imperial IPAs and you wanted to make it your own separate category, you could. You can do whatever you darn well please. And that might be might be something to do if you had that many. Um, but generally, uh, you know, if the total flight is, 
you know, uh, workable. You just keep them all together. Okay. Zymer, just thanks, brother. Hey, it's my pleasure. I just hope that you can uh, figure out the name and how where it came from. <laughs> I, we did. We were talking about that earlier. I actually think all the names are awesome, man. Uh, we were, t- uh, in fact, uh, when Brent was putting them a- in the fridge a little bit earlier, he was like, uh, "Vagina, like, so, like one of yours is vagina something." And I was like, "Yeah, don't yeah, worry about that." Vienna. Yeah, the vagina Vienna. I'm like, "Yeah, that's just they're named after our show." <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thanks very much, man. Well, the so. Thank you. But the Deuce is a play on words from Doc. I doubt if Doc would remember unless he's state dependent. <laughs> Did you do a but Deuce? He said do D O sex S E X, and uh, so I thought I'd have a little play on words with you guys. Ah, uh, the Deuce sex IPA. Yeah, uh, it's very good. All right, brother. Thanks, man. You bet. Talk to you later. All right, cheers. Uh, listeners, all of you guys have been very cool sending in your beers. I'm glad we got to do this tasting today. We got one more that we're going to do here, which is a pale ale from uh, Kirk. Kirk out there, you sent us a pale ale. You did a good job just putting your name and the style. And the, exactly what I asked for. Just put the style of beer and your name on it. And he so we wears really nice sweaters, too, I heard. <laughs> He's got nice sweaters along with Carlo. Those what do you guys plus. think of this pale? I think, I think uh, you know, the hop aroma is great. And uh, I think it's a real drinkable. Uh, I think it's actually a little too biscuity. Other than that, I think it's fantastic. Okay. Did, did John Plissé come in here? No, not yet. I even. think this is really well done. Okay. All right, great. Doc, what do you think? Still looking at it. Well, I, I, I agree with him. It's clean. Uh, it, it tends to be on the biscuity side. It's mm-hmm. got that, that, it's got a lot of malt background mm-hmm. to it, so. Nice balance and, yeah. Uh, All right, score, clean. Doc? What do you think? 38, probably. Really? Okay, that's great. Jay-Z? I'm gonna get to you guys. Don't worry, Kevin and, and Brent. I just want the, yeah, I could I could see my way to that. Sure. Okay. Maybe thirty six to thirty eight. All right, Mr. Pratt, what are you thinking about that beer? I actually like the biscuitiness to it. I wish there was a little more caramel complexity to it, but it's uh, it's really nice, especially in sort of an American IPA because the hop is well pronounced um, and it's it's just very clean. Okay. Part of that might be because I can't feel my tongue. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of tasting, plus that but, last IPA flight. But it's a very nice beer, and I would be in the 35 to 38 category. Okay, great. Wow, it's scoring really well. Brent? Yeah. I'd go closer to 34-ish because I like the biscuity, but it, it is so much a mix between Sierra Nevada and a flat, uh, you know, flat tire. A yeah. fat tire yeah. that, um, that to me it almost brings out some some floweriness and almost like rose petals okay. well, I, I are just think, coming out. I think, yeah, actually, I think uh, it's kind of a good point because you know uh, American Pale Ale uh, shouldn't have a whole lot of the the crystal malt to it. If you, you end up pushing it into the amber ale, it's kind of that balance. There's a continuum in there where you start to call something a, a American Amber or you call it a Pale Ale, and uh, it's kind of a range. And I I actually prefer them with less of the crystal malt. I, I can see, you know, people enjoying them with more crystal malt or, but I think, uh, Brent's point of, you know, the, uh, uh, fat tire with the intense biscuity and, you know, that caramel in there is kind of, you know, it's just kind of a blend between a Sierra Nevada and a, and a fat tire. That's actually a, a, a real good call, I think. Okay. It's, it kind of sounds like a winner, actually. You, got, you guys all scored it pretty well. Pretty, pretty good. If, if I didn't come, you know, cause the hop aroma is there, but it's not intensely bitter. It's got a nice bitter that balances the malt character. Yeah. I think, uh, you know. Which is exactly what it should be. Right? Yeah. If, that's if, a good pale. Too much biscuity for me, but then it's maybe, that's a little bit of personal taste. Okay. Because it, it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming in the rest of the thing, like fat tire. Yeah. You know, biscuity is like in your face. Right, right. Okay. I would have wanted more hops, personally. Just a little more hoppy in there? Yeah. All right. 
In the flavor, the aroma, or the bitter? at least at least the aroma. Okay, slightly a, more in the flavor. I get a lot in the a lot in the aroma. I didn't get much in the flavor. I thought. Yeah, I wanted more than. I think I'd I'd like more than both. Yeah. I I thought it was per- fairly well balanced. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. You know, I think I grabbed one that I thought was it, Good and stuff. I think it's actually Mike's Pliny clone. I smelt it, and I, I thought it was the pale, and I'm going, you guys want more hop aroma than that? But it's actually McDowell's Pliny. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you got, like 16 beers over there? I do have a few. Yeah, I've you're been, falling I've, a little behind, buddy. Not at all. I just I just drink them all. <laughs> I've just been rotating between them. I even went at the break and poured myself another Doppelbock. I was like, fuck it. Oh, I, I thought that was the old Doppelbock. No, that's a new one, man. Wow, I'm proud of you. I am fully caught up. I don't have a beer in front of me. I have haven't tasted so uh speaking of Pliny, <laughs> yeah uh, i guess socal surfer was up here last weekend and he went to russian river i guess and got a Pliny growler uh-huh. and it broke on the way back home oh, oh man does that suck yeah you got that it. qualifies as alcohol abuse yeah, yeah i agree yeah that's terrible all right i really want to users are abusers I want to thank our panel of judges tonight. We got through all the homebrew that was sent to us, at least one from everybody. Uh, Zymer, just I think you made out like a bandit because we threw in a couple of yours. Um, and other people sent different styles of beer. I'm sorry we didn't get to try all of them. It's just uh, a lot of beers in front of us, and these guys' palates are worn out. So, uh, But Kirk was the last pale ale that we did, and it sounds like you made yourself a fantastic pale. Maybe make some tiny adjustments, but uh, enter that into some competitions. The rest of you guys did great. Denny Morton with your uh, American IPA uh, picked that up uh, from B3 today, and you did very well in the flight of IPAs. You were uh, number one, sir. I'll tell you, I don't think there was a stinker in the bunch. No, there wasn't. There really wasn't anything that was awful, was there? No. Nothing? Not even close to awful. I think, you know, something that was, you know, not, or you know, something, there was nothing that was a bad beer or a... A really not a or good not, beer, not or infected, or anything yeah. else. Oh yeah. yeah, everything was like a good beer. Yeah, and then there were you know other little things to to tweak on. I think excellent point because I think that we made a lot of criticism about beers today, but uh, we didn't really pour again, much you're, out. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> picking you're picking yeah. nits from you know a flawless beer. Yeah, your your listeners brought their best. They really did, and it was our job today to be nitpicky. So you guys did a good job of that. But you're right, really, all the beers were fantastic. And that's uh, we don't say it yeah. if we don't mean it. Good stuff, <laughs> you know. So everybody's doing a good job out there. I like it, Doc. Yeah, nice job. Uh, I'm pretty proud of these folks. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting because you know the, the, everybody who entered beers. The the point you're at right now is tweaking your either your process or your beer recipe yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you you need don't need to make wholesale changes. You yeah. need to slightly adjust one thing or another here or there. Yeah, That's it. It, it. They haven't sent us an eight-point beer and say, hey, help me. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. They're, they're, good stuff. They've gotten, they've gotten the thing down. Yeah. And I I would think, you know, almost any of these could place in a competition. Yep. Easily. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And I was happy to see the boxes arrive all week long. I think you guys really stepped box. up when I gave you the uh, the notice to send beer. I appreciate every one of you. I want to say that it takes a little bit of balls to put your uh, beer on broadcast radio and let us talk about it and call your name out and the whole thing. And uh, we got a whole show out of it because of you folks. So uh, so uh, a big hand to everybody yeah. who sent in beers today. You did a great job. And... Uh, 
Way to have some nuts on you. And Zymergist, we didn't get to your Belgians, although I was pushing for that. I think, Doc, we might get to them here in just uh, a few that's minutes. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, but we'll let uh, uh, John and Jamil do the uh, Jamil shows, which are coming up here. And, yep. Uh, we'll uh, keep tasting some some tasty beverages. What are the topics tonight, uh, Jay-Z? You... We're going to cover Southern English Brown first, and then uh, Bohemian Pilsner. Okay. Mm, two Fantastic. great styles. And if you're a Jay-Z show listener, um, you're only going to get one of these in the archive uh, this week and then you get the other one in two weeks. That's just the way we roll around here, so you got to deal with Teaser. it. Teaser. Yeah. Alright, next week we got a good show. No, don't play that. That's not what I wanted to play at all. Sorry. Uh, next week we got a good show. For, uh, Doc, uh, a place that we've been wanting to get in here for a while. In fact, where's John? I wanted to tell him about it too. Uh, John, next week we've got Schooners coming in the studio with us, which is pretty exciting. Schooners did really well at GABF this year, didn't they, Jay-Z? I think they won, um, they at least won, but I think they won two different medals at the GABF this year. And they're just right, they're a local place, they're a small place in Antioch, and they've been there for a while now, and we've never, uh, uh, spoken to them. And when I was out there with, uh, Pete, Pete wanted to go, that's the only way I could get him in the studios if I took him to Schooners, and he was speaking to the guys, and they said, yeah, absolutely, we'll come do the show. So they're coming to do that, uh, with us. Um, next week. We've had a couple of club meetings there and it worked out real well. Oh, did you really? Yep. It's really a cool place too. It's a, it, it's a, a really nice bar that they yeah, have going on there. Yeah, they're real receptive to the whole club scene and yeah. it's all good. Well, check this out. I'll give you a teaser about the interview that we're going to do because I've got both the owner of Schooners coming in and the brewmaster and the brewmaster and I'm, and I'm not dicking around here. The brewmaster helped develop the first mapping of the human genome. Nice. I'm not taking around. The guy was in uh, graduate school, and he was uh, apparently. We'll find out all about this, but he was apparently a, a a very promising graduate student, and he was invited to go to whatever the university was to develop the program that mapped out the first human genome. You know where they really started to map out the DNA of of, of the human genome, and he was part of that. And now he's a brewer at Schooners. And he's just working out the beer gnome? Yeah. <laughs> and it never, there's a thread in our forum right now that's, uh, that's called Before They Were Brewers. Yeah. And it never ceases to amaze us, uh, what, what people have done, yeah. Before they became guys that make beer. <laughs> you know? And, uh, they tend to come from these really, uh, fantastic fields. And so I think that's gonna be interesting. I've spoken to the guy a couple of times and he's talking right over the top of my head. He's a smart guy and helped map the human genome so i think that's going to be fun next cool. week schooners uh in studio guest doc i know you like that instead of the phone guy. oh i don't like the phone thing yeah. and i'm gonna give you a heads up right now after that there's no show the next week uh i'm going to the craft brewers conference it's in portland in uh in austin oh it's in austin yeah no not the obf i'm going to the craft brewers conference uh to meet folks and keep the show alive, Doc. I'm looking oh, nice. for sponsors out there. So, all right. So it's all business. Yeah, it's all business. It's not. I mean, although I hear it is a lot of fun, it's not a homebrew event by any means. It's a. It's and a, happy Easter, everybody. It's a cramper. So happy Easter, everybody. Jay Z, thanks for uh, ditching the family. Kevin Pratt, thanks for coming out here, uh, ditching your family. Brent, you uh, ditched your family. Everybody ditched their family to come drink beer. Pretty much, is, yeah. Cheers. Which is pretty cool. So thanks to all you guys and and for doing the tasting. I know it's, uh, it's a tough gotta, job. It's tough job to sit around and taste beer all night but you did a good job everybody all right does that do it for us doc are we out of here if you're playing that song it is that must mean we're out of here the jameel show is coming up in uh, looks like exactly 20 minutes so uh, we're gonna be hanging out and uh covering two hours of uh 
the Jamil show, and Doc and I are just going to keep drinking beer. Oh, yeah, pretty much. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.